Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of Ross Never Sleeps. I'm your host, Alex Ross. I had the pleasure of chatting and laughing with the incredibly funny Garrett Jameson. Garrett came to the NSN studio to promote his art, comedy, and magic show this Sunday, October 16th at the Great Hall. If you're listening to the very release of this episode, thank you very much. Uh, That's this Sunday. There's a 2 p.m. painting exhibit where Charlotte Mars and Garrett Jameson himself will be featuring paintings. And around 9 p.m., there is a variety show featuring the amazing Nick Reynoldson, the magician, uh, comedian Todd Graham. And of course, Garrett will will be performing with a live band backup for his comedy. This event is really a great example of the comic and variety show boom that's happening in Toronto. We're having a lot of different acts and performers coming together. Toronto is an amazing city for these types of collaborations. And we talk more about, you know, how Garrett's an amazing collaborator. But these shows, you know, magicians, comedians, burlesque is becoming popular at a lot of comedy clubs. And, you know, you see slowly a lot of different art forms lending themselves to each other, especially in Toronto. This show is definitely not one you want to miss. We talk about all the different acts throughout the show. Come for the art fair, stay for the comedy, magic and music. Music variety show. This episode with Garrett really captures his fast pace, his energy, his comedy is is an incredible mix of um, storytelling and puns. I saw him host at the Corner Comedy Club this past weekend, where he absolutely killed it. He's a perfect palate cleanser and gets the you know audience really excited between every act where there's a lot of different vibes going on and he just reels everybody back in excited for the next performance we talk about his tricks on stage to get his audience's attention uh garrett even (laughs) attempts and and does some pretty good uh impersonations of some of toronto's notable comedians basically you just listen to me laugh for about an hour and so will you when you listen to this episode of ross never sleeps on nsn with garrett jameson easily um yeah i'm yeah. a bit of a sweater yeah, so like, when i whenever yeah it gets uh it gets a little oh is this mine yeah oh, really nice i like that drinking out of a mason or oh, what is this a uh, jar no what is this what would you call this thing a glass a glass bottle like, a bottle you know a fat bottle yeah it's yeah. a fat i do like a fat bottle that's that why good. i bring it out for all the guests that i have and i actually have jeff paul do a show now Oh, nice. He's going to be releasing pretty soon. Yeah. And he j- recently had Jeff McHenry in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff McHenry's the best. Are we going to do this where every time I name a comic, you're going to do an impersonation? If they have a recognizable voice. I, I do that all the time. Yeah, like I do that for Massimo, Trev. I do that for yeah, McHenry, Tolev. Okay, stop naming. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna. Well, you, I need to hear them. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. See, I, like, yeah, we'll see them as they come yeah, along. Yeah, we'll see them as yeah. they come along. Because um, I was talking to Rob Bebenick the other day, and Bebenick does an amazing impression of K. Trev. Oh, I think K. Trev is one of those. If you can nail down a good K. Trev, it's super recognizable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, oh yeah. 
when it comes to impersonations, when I do them, especially because I'm not a comic, yeah. but I talk to a lot of comics and I get comfortable. Like Bebs and I will will talk about because he wants to do some stuff too with the network. So he's like talking about his friends and all these story lines, and he'll be like, and this and this, Alex Pavone. And I'll be like doing the Alex Pavone face yeah. and like, the, the, <laughs> you know, and I'm like doing all this and I'm like, why am I, how comfortable am I around Rob Bebnick that I can like. Yeah, just be Pavone. Just be Pavone. <laughs> but Pavone is a person to, who's fun to be because he moves around a lot. It's, he's not a very good audio, but he goes, buddy, right? <laughs> Which is also Monty as well, where he's like, buddy, right? So there's two different buddies, but... Well, Monty's your comedy records buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's another fun person to impersonate. People with Monty, I think, need to know him, because then it's also mannerisms as well. So I think anyone who says buddy, they have a lot of mannerisms. Buddy! Yeah, they say buddy in different ways. I want to tell you that I already have the title of this podcast. When what is it? When what is it? No, no, what what is it? I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah. The Prince of Pun, Garrett Jameson. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. You don't mean the overall podcast. You meant this one particular one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. I like this. Yeah, yeah. I like the Prince of Pun. But I got to tell you why. Why is that? Right now, in my opinion, you're the best punster in Canada. Oh, no. Stop. Come on. I love Stop it. it. Yeah, I yeah. love it because puns, I grew up on them. Like, I mean, I think it's a dying art. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, you know, the evolution of words and, and, you know, etymology, there's just so much more to play with now. And yet we're losing the old school, you know. The old words. The old, not the, just the old words. The just old boring words. The, the, we're just missing out on, on good pun opportunities and you're taking advantage of them. But music clearly plays a big role in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hence... It. Prince Ooh. of pun. Ah, yes. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to so explain it's just a it every symbol. time. <laughs> yeah, you're going to put the symbol and then of pun. I yeah. thought it was more of a monarchy thing, but yeah, yeah. Definitely a, a symbol will definitely make the joke more apparent because I have to explain it every time. Yeah, that's but that's an awesome pun. I like that. And it's using a symbol, so it's like really getting meta on us. I'm, I wonder if I can go into like the word... Microsoft Word thing and look for the print symbol. You think I can find that in the symbols? Yeah, I area? bet you it's in there. I bet you it's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never met a pun I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, the meta, right? Uh, the, uh... <laughs> yes. But yeah, we're I think, here. I think it's great. Yeah, we're here. We're, we're here. Where is this? Where are we right now? King? We're in the Never Sleeps Network studio. Okay, I like the studio. King West. And there's a ironically there's a bed right there. Yes, we are in my bedroom, <laughs> and we never sleep. And we never sleep. Ironic. That's it's just uh, a did figure. You, did you plan that, or is I, this I uh, did. Like, just the only space for? Uh, well, it's the quietest room in my house. Okay, okay. Right? It's downtown Toronto, so it's a central location for you guys to come, chat, and not have to worry about outside noise, basically. Is that why you can't sleep, really? Is it because you don't like quiet? It, that, you know what? Exactly. <laughs> actually, yeah. no, you know what? That's so true, because I actually have, the, have to have the radio on when I sleep. Yeah, so you have to have, like, something on? Yeah, white noise is okay. Yeah. Radio is even better. I can only do white noise now because I'm seeing somebody quite seriously and she doesn't like the radio so it's something i have to give up for her to be here yeah so you're losing sleep well it's funny the never sleep podcast yeah, right isn't it weird when you meet somebody you have to just change your life to be with them more and in a positive way yeah, yeah. but it just changes just or, or you can find someone who talks in their sleep. Right. right. Does radio <laughs> so, yeah, shows. Hello, you're listening to the drive at eight in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if Mark Marin can do it in his garage. Yeah. We, we have the same gear. 
This is a this is a nice setup you do have. This exactly. Is, yeah, these are these. This is this is a quality setup. Thank you. Yeah. It just happens to be in the most audio dampened room in the house. I like it. Yeah, even with windows, it's very right. Good. Yeah, yeah. I think that the windows would ruin everything, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah. it and, actually brings natural light, and you have a nice view behind you. Or like for me, you're just looking at a door. I am, but I'm looking at all the uh, south side of the city, which is great. But I need to pay attention to you, right? So this gives me every more reason to pay attention to you. I don't necessarily think you need to pay attention to me as much. But dealing with comics, you're dealing with a lot of people with uh, ADD or ADHD, oh, maybe. And so, like right now, I just keep looking at all the traffic in behind and like, oh wow, what's going on over there? A lot of buses, by the way. A yeah, lot I'm of buses okay. Out there. I'm okay with updates about what's going on behind. <laughs> me. I can give, yeah, you can ask me for the uh, the traffic and weather reports. <laughs> Uh, we got clear skies uh, sitting at about uh, 9, 9.55 a.m. Traffic looks to be flowing well along the Gardner Expressway. A little slow going eastbound, but uh, you guys have yourselves a very lovely day. That Something is like that. pretty good. It was That was off the fly. That's why I think I could be a weather guy. Or like the hippie dippy weatherman. <laughs> who, who is that again? Who's the hippie? Carlin. Okay, yeah, George Carlin was the hippie dippy weatherman. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Do you see yourself doing live broadcast or doing some sort of you know, radio, like what about, you know, Hey Barry mm. comedy records, let's start a radio station. Yeah. Like I think it would be a, uh, yeah, I'm going to adjust this mic. So if it gets it, you hear a little clicking. Can I adjust you it? You can up? even adjust like just up here. Oh, up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, there, there that, we that go. click you heard. You might have to edit that, that out after that, but yeah, that'll, that'll be damaging We're on people's raw, ears. Off yeah. the floor. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay. I scared. apologize to all scared the ear drums out there. It's okay. <laughs> he's, ah! he's scared me. Ah, yeah. What's going on? Oh, Garrett. I'm so glad you're here, man. man thank you very much you for having me. You just handed me this amazing po- the postcard. What are we calling this? The postcard, that's a postcard. Well, it's kind of like you a, can't mail it. <laughs> po- well, you can't. You could if you put a stamp on the back I guess end. you could. Yeah. Uh, postcard just is like, has an area for a stamp where it's like, oh, but yeah, you can you can mail that if you want. But it's, yeah, for an art comedy show that I'm doing. Art, comedy, and... And music, and magic. And magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge magic fan. Well, like, both the, of the gathering and regular... Ju- not of the gathering. Okay, I okay. like the gathering that magic creates, yeah, but and, not magic the gathering. And not ma- Magic Johnson? <laughs> Who doesn't like Magic Johnson? Yeah, he's he's a, a good guy. <laughs> he's a good he's a good form of magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're here to promote a show, mm, October sixteenth, yeah, yeah. where you are going to prove that you hold a niche of Canadian comedy that actively involves art, comedy, music, leading up to your art, comedy, and magic show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October sixteenth at Toronto's The Great Hall. You have art by Charlotte Mars. Yeah, myself and, as well. Yeah, I was gonna say. You're also a painter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, f- I figured that uh, it's just a a reservoir of talent. I, I could say I can say talent. Yeah. You could say reservoir. Reservoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a, a like a thing that's my grandmother had taught me. Yeah, we used to have painting days. And, Come uh, on. Yeah, and I have no other way to put that out there. And so I figured, why not paint a series of paintings and put a comedy show on with it? Because no no one else has done that. I don't think. Oh, I mean... That I, I know of. The, the combination of it all, it doesn't come off like a variety show, which I like, even though that's pretty much what it is, but it, it's, you know, a good play on each. You know, you'll have the art show, it sounds like. You'll have acts. People will be there. They can go buy art, look mm-hmm. at art, support the arts. Like, you're not... Like, comedy is sometimes segregated oh, yeah, of yeah, its yeah. own thing. And I think this way you're bringing a lot of what's needed in this community. You know, it's it's hard to be a stand-up. It's hard to be an artist. But I think the collaboration is what makes this city so great, the ability to collaborate. The, the ability to put multiple things together. And that's why I'm also working with a band to put my uh, jokes. So a lot of my old jokes that I just want to get rid of, I'm putting them to... Because I haven't recorded anything. 
other than this podcast right now. But I haven't recorded any uh, like live comedy albums, so this will be a way to also record my jokes to music. So it's something different. But it is based off of Bruce McCullough's Shame Based Man. I'm a shame based man. That's the Kids in the Hall sketch. <clears throat> That's the Kids in the Hall uh, he, guy, and he has his own album. Oh, okay. Like Bruce McCullough. He has sure. his own album that I really, really love and admire. And uh, so it's like an emulation of that, but with obviously my style. Yeah. Cool. So check that out. Who's the band that you're playing with? They're called Spraticus, right? On the flyer, I think it might say Spartacus, but it's Spraticus. Because the, uh, the guy that I've been talking with is Ryan Spratt, and uh, he's a bass player and a keyboardist. And he brought in his friends, Michael Murray, who's on guitar and he can shred. And uh, you also got Josh Park on drums and he can slam drums. And you also have Todd Graham on the well, comedy Todd Graham, yeah. Todd Graham will be doing like just strictly comedy. But his, <laughs> his, and it, but his style of comedy is so bizarre and just, I think, hilarious. Hilarious. That, that it fits in sort of this type of variety show. Well, I'm excited to see your art in every way, shape, and form. Are you going to do some magic, too, while you're at it? Uh, I won't be doing any magic. The magic will be the night for me, but uh, Nick Reynoldson will be doing the magic. So yeah. good, Garrett. Which is so, so great, because Nick Reynoldson knows card tricks, and uh, he's also a very funny individual. So I figured I'd get, uh, get him to do, to do the magic. Is it pay what you can? Is there a price at the door? There's not a price at the door, but I'll probably make a pay what you can, like throw it in the bucket type thing. Okay. Because it, I, I do want people to come out, and it's more of an art show, so yeah, but come, come great... check out the paintings. And there's it's basically an art show with benefit of a having a live performance. And come thirsty, yeah, come very thirsty come, because yeah. we get the, we get the venue for free if you guys drink a lot. That's right, right. And that's, that's that's usually the case for a lot of shows in the city. So. Uh, if it's free, everybody, make sure you go there planning on drinking. We need to have a a way to have people at the bar to encourage people to come and drink. Some interesting bar flies? Yeah. Yeah, people with stories. War heroes. Yeah. We need more war. <laughs> if any war heroes are listening, please come to the show uh, October 16th. You can sit at the bar and tell us amazing stories of heroics. War heroes, you only get two free drinks, though. And then... Oh, yeah, yeah. Two free, two free drinks and uh, an extra drink for any missing limb. <laughs> <laughs> so, you need that. Well... You have this music sensibility about you. Clearly, music plays a big role in your career, in your life. Oh, so, yeah. you, we now know you're a painter. Mm -hmm. Where did music come into play? Well, my, one of my friends, he's a... Uh, oh, well, yeah, my, my friend from the band that I go on tour with a lot of times, the Ken Mode guys. Kill Everyone Now Mode, right? Named after Henry Rollins' Kill Everyone Now Mode. When I go on tour with them, when I was younger, he showed me... Uh, interesting bands that weren't just from the 50s and 60s. Uh, he introduced me to a band called Primus. And uh, when I was younger, I always gravitated towards comedic musicians, I guess. So Les Claypool from Primus, I'm like, man, he's he's the best. With his voice like this, and he wiggles his hand. And yeah, I think they were so funny. When I first started comedy, I think I emulated him the most. I was come more like talk like that. Jerry was a race car driver. Jerry was a race car driver. Say Nelson number one. It'll both even sticker on a four four two, right? Oh, you're a fan. Yeah, I love Primus. That's a and if anyone out there is a fan of Primus, if you want to talk to Bob Kerr or Chris Locke about anything, they also really enjoy the really yeah the plasticine primuses. I'm a I'm I mean I've seen them live a bunch of times. I've seen his fancy band. You know I've seen different different variations. I mean he's super super talented. My favorite trivia is that he is featured on a majority or a lot 
of um, oh my god, the name escapes me now. Tom Waits, Tom, Tom Waits, Waits yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, Tom oh Waits. Oh my gosh! And, uh, Thank you for finishing that. Garrett. No problem. They're a huge fan of Tom Waits, and that's how they got him on Tom. Or they when they got him on Tommy the Cat, they're like, oh my god, Tom Waits is going to join us for. Tommy the Cat. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for filling that blank for hey, me. Hey, no problem. I fill in a lot of blanks. Do you know? Yeah, yeah that's why I think another great name for a show is just called Fill in the Blank, right? But the blank is actually spelled out. Anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's no filling in of any blanks. So, um, Ken Mode, I didn't even know that that was a Henry Rollins reference. I love Henry Rollins. Black Flag, but his spoken word stuff mm-hmm. really separated him. Rollins in the Rye, is that one? His, his album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the only one that I have and the only one that I've actually listened to. Uh, but yeah, I do, uh, do enjoy that particular one. And his uh, Nardwar interview was, is really I, famous. Wait, yeah? Wait, what happens in the Nardwar one? Basically, it's like the first time that he just is really not giving Nardwar anything. Like, he's pretty much mm. like stone face about the whole thing. And then finally, I think Nardwar cracks him. Because Henry Rollins yeah. is a super nice dude. Like, he gives off this, like, weird exterior, but that's his shtick, right? And it's the uh, Kill Everyone Now mode. Yeah. He used to... T- apparently, yeah, so like the, where that... Because uh, Jesse uh, from Ken Mode, he was showing me like... You know, the little part of this, uh, his autobiography where he talks about it, where he used to take, like, anything that came at him. But then it, it, punk fans are kind of the worst, right? So then he's like, you know what, I'm not going to take any more shit from these guys, and I'm going to just, yeah, beat the hell out of anyone that uh, tries to throw a bottle at me or does anything, right? So that's a, he would flip into, quote, Ken mode. So Ken Mode's a metal band. Obviously, you've ingrained yourself with these guys. Yeah, like since since they're my friends, they I get uh, tons of free shirts from them. Okay, so I'm almost like a cartoon character, uh, like a Beavis or Butthead, where they always are wearing ACDC or Metallica. Yeah, so I'm always wearing a Ken Mode shirt. So you guys met in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah, back in high school, back yeah. when we were really young, and uh, we bonded over South Park. Oh, real less, another less Claypool connection. Yeah, right? Which is also why I really love, gave South Park such a big chance. But that and it's hilarious. Like yeah. the first episode was the one where the cow, the cows are getting kidnapped the by the aliens. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one was so and funny. Cartman farts a spaceship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, seriously, what's <laughs> coming out of my ass? Yeah, my ass really hurts right now. It's funny. Les, Les Claypool's one of those kind of characters of the industry that he'll just like peek his head in all these places, but he's actually like um, a virtuoso. So people are like, oh, I get not only this creative mind, but someone who can actually shred. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, uh, and especially on bass, out of all things. Of all things. <laughs> the, I think he caused a lot of... Uh, middle class white kids to pick up the bass. I want any middle class white kids out there. I how many of you have a bass because of Les Claypool? I wish I thought of picking up a bass when I was a kid. I was always like, oh, I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to be the, a rock star guitar. Nobody gets laid if you're a bass player. Yeah. yeah well, unless you're Les Claypool. <laughs> but <laughs> that's another thing is I think it's also at the age when I heard him. You don't really think about that. You, you just think, oh, everyone in the band totally gets laid. And then you're like, <laughs> especially this guy can shred on bass. But I bet you even Les Claypool has a tough time with the ladies, even though he's married. Anyway. Yeah. The, uh, right, so. so you are from Winnipeg. Ken Mode's from Winnipeg. Ken Mode is still in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You're in Toronto. I'm in Toronto now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because uh, comedy is a lot easier to do out here. Or easier to ex- do more of, I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Comedy's easier anywhere, I guess, but <laughs> it just depends on who you're at. The point is, yeah, there's a lot more to do out here in uh, Toronto. So, do you ever go back to Winnipeg? Do you ever do shows? Oh, yeah, go back to Winnipeg, usually around the holidays, or if there's some kind of special event, like a funeral, let's say. Okay, I, I'll, I'll head special. Back to, yeah, yeah, you know, something like that. I'll head back to uh, Winnipeg, 
and hang out with uh, yeah friends, family, put on shows out there. But I feel like you've been touring like all over Canada. Like all, all over, but uh, Winnipeg would be my second home base. Okay. Because yeah, because that's where my family is, right? What are some of your other favorite cities to go perform in? Uh, I really enjoy uh, Edmonton. Edmonton is a great, great city. Yeah, yeah. They have really good fans. But Edmonton and uh, Hamilton and Winnipeg are, are very similar. I think really? those, those are my kind of elements, I guess. Like Toronto, I love. I love Toronto a lot. But uh, I think the blue-collared artist cities are my favorite. Why do you think that is? Uh, because that's where I grew up, so I know that the most, right, or the best. And that's that's the only reason why. That's It shaped my sense of humor, and so everyone in these cities kind of have the same <laughs> sense of humor, I guess. So this is how I picture you as a kid in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. You're probably some sort of class clown. You love music. You're painting, maybe playing video games, too. I played uh, some video games, yeah. there yeah. was. I'm not, I wasn't a big gamer, but if I got... Attached. I, I I have a very addictive video game personality. Me too. So I, I don't play like a wide variety, but I'll play one that for some reason has a great story or does excite me on some level. Like even just the cover, you're like, oh, wow. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll play it for hours and days and months until you finally beat it. Because that's the other thing I have to beat to the game. Absolutely. It's a good shut off, though. You mm-hmm. need, I need... Sometimes when I'm stressed from work or doing all this stuff, sometimes a video game is just easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to focus on something that really is meaningless. What's your favorite game right now? I just started playing PS4. I just got a PS4. Ooh. So I got Doom because mm. my, the 90s kid in me was like, I, I this, and it's been getting good reviews. BFG. What's BFG? The, B, the big fucking gun. I was going to say yeah, that. The, big, you yeah. could enter that code in and then you got the BFG yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the original Doom. That's right. Then, ILD or something. ID something something because ID was the name of the company that makes it. Yeah. yeah. And now they have that movie uh, called Big Friendly Giant. But uh, we, we know it stands for big fucking gun. <laughs> so what do you do to pass the time now? I mean, obviously you, you have a great you know, interesting childhood, painting, music, you know, you seem like a pretty fulfilled lifestyle. When did you come to Toronto? It was like high school? No, you did high, you high school I, in... I, I, I classically high-schooled. high schooled in uh, Winnipeg, yeah. I high schooled there, I junior high there, and I did a little, I dabbled in elementary <laughs> there, right? And uh, then I moved out here and uh, went to the Humber School of Comedy. Okay. I'm one of those uh, Humber kids. I mean, that's quite a few, there's, it's a great program. Mm, it will it, for me. It got me out of Winnipeg because I had not, no one in my family does any kind of performing like this, right? So I had no idea how I was going to do that. I went to film school for a little bit. Oh, really? Because in my mind, logically, I thought, oh, you uh, you go to the movies, you start a movie, and then you can do stand up comedy, right? Like somehow, like it worked, which is now I realize backwards. But uh, that's what I thought you had to do. So I started going into film school, and I'm like, no, this doesn't seem right. And then I met this guy who was a comedian, and uh, he was telling me, yeah, you just hit these open mics. And I'm like, okay. So I went to a few open mics, like, just to check them out in Winnipeg. I never actually performed. Um, but then I'm like, that's what I want to do. So I, so I wanted to find a uh, school to go to that I could kind of do both. So I typed in creative writing, and there's a school in Vancouver for creative writing, and then the creative comedy school or Comedy School of Creative Writing, I guess it's called, at Humber, came up. And I'm like, man, that's what I want to do. All right. So, it, yeah, it got me out here to, and immersed me in comedy. And now that's what I that's what I do. What does it take to write a joke for you? You know, you're, you, you have such a different style of even in your own material. You do some puns. You have written material. Where, like, how do you, you know, nail down a good joke? 
well, lately it's mainly stories. I'm thinking like I I, I like puns and that, but uh, lately it's you can't do an hour worth of puns. No. If yeah, right. So. I fill the time now with uh, storytelling. I like stories. It, my uncles were really good at telling stories. And stories are also great because you can hear them more than once. Like a pun you can only hear once. Or then you can kind of tell it again. But it's just something that's now you kind of spout off. And it, whether it gets a laugh or not, who cares? But the point is, stories you can hear over and over and over again. And, uh, yeah, they never get old if they're a well-told story. And now, when you tell a story, are you punching up jokes? Like, is that the style? Like yeah, like, each time you tell a story, you're like, oh, there's, a, like, technically a laugh beat or a punchline here. So you'll insert it, and you're like, nah, that's insert it, right? <laughs> you're like, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Do you have a creative process? Do you use any vices? Are you, like, I know you talk about hallucinogens sometimes and yeah, I used Yeah, I, uh, I used to smoke a, a lot of uh, weed. Uh, yeah, 420 friendly back then. But uh, I stopped when it became too strong. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a drug now. It's insane. Like, it, before it used to be, like, just take, as people would say, take the edge off. Now it just crumbles <laughs> like mountains in your mind. It just crushes everything. And yeah, you're just a puddle. So I stopped doing that. And then I went back to trying it. It, it almost made me paranoid schizophrenic. Mm. Like I was talking the, about the difference between good and evil, like really talking wow. about that and kind of like the paranoia side. And yeah, it wasn't for me. So uh, I stopped, I uh, stopped doing that and just tried to live my life as if I was on hallucinogens or <laughs> high. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty straight edge these days. These days. Yeah. I've, I've like the occasional bevy bevy and the occasional uh, toot. Like just by okay, being, just sure. by being in uh, pot cafes, you get contact high very easily. Oh my easily. gosh! Every time I see you at the underground, I feel like everybody's there. Even if you don't go to oh, smoke yeah, intentionally, right? you're walking out of there. You're walking out there, yeah, very very high, and uh, it, it's it's all right for me. Like I, I can handle it now, right? I think as I'm older, maybe that's the other thing. I'm not worried. Maybe that's the other thing is why it wasn't a good thing when I was in my twenties because I think you concern yourself too much with kind of what's going on around you whereas now you don't really care <laughs> right you just be yourself and if people don't like you you're not bothering them but for some reason in their mind you are it's know. amazing when you're a kid you're like oh you don't smoke pot like what's the deal dude what's wrong with you yeah. man why don't you and now that you're an adult you're like oh i wish i could stop smoking pot yeah right like it, it it's, it's a vice that i wish that i did enjoy more but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I just like, I, I do like hanging out with, uh, stoners. Stoners are like some of the best people to be around. They're just laid back and they're, they're aware of what's going on a lot of times, but might not be responsive all the time, but yeah, they're aware. And that's an interesting way of, of talking about, you know, your relation with a drug. Like, I, I don't think anybody should do anything that doesn't make them feel comfortable, you know, to each their own. You have a glass of wine, you smoke a joint, whatever your thing is. Yeah. But I think it's it's interesting to think the people that maybe do enjoy smoking pot are probably a little bit more laid back or more enjoyable oh, yeah. to hang or laugh at your jokes more, you know what I mean? So it doesn't mean that you're never going to smoke pot, but it's it means you're more likely to hang out with pot smokers. Yeah, you definitely hang out with more pot smokers. And I think that you become almost a pot smoker without actually being a pot smoker. Sure. Because you become your friends, right? A anyone you hang out with, you become your friends. If you're hanging out with meth heads, you're going to become... A <laughs> even if you don't smoke meth, you're going to become a little bit 
off kiltered probably a little skinnier a little not skinnier eating, yeah, you out the, with them. your friends don't eat so you don't <laughs> eat right you have horrible teeth right so it just all turns to mush yeah uh, so that you don't go to the dentist as often you start stealing copper wire out of buildings <laughs> you know the usual right the uh, the meth head lifestyle so but you hang out with like a lot of comedians you hang out with a lot of musicians are you a jammer do you play music with I, these I, guys i don't play music like i play music by myself because i'm not good enough to jam with people okay i can make noises uh i have a banjo i was gonna say i've seen you on youtube play banjo yeah but i don't think i could keep time with somebody mm. I, can, I can make it sound like i can kind of play sure. right but uh yeah i don't think i could play any real songs what are I your musical kinda... influences uh, well, the first one would be Primus, right? Yeah. Another one uh, in uh, junior high would be Weird Al. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think a lot of, uh, once again, uh, middle-class white kids, uh, Weird Al, right? And uh, as I got older, like, you kind of get into the uh, the fake heavy music, like uh, Metallica, right? You get okay. the, like the Sort of the commercial, uh, even though Metallica can be pretty heavy, but uh, so Metallica was a, a big influence as well. That was my first big concert i went to which was amazing they in had, winnipeg in winnipeg and it was during their load tour that's when i first saw them and they had flames the whole stage like got built up and then explodes and crashes down on them the guy falls out of the ceiling but uh this guy gets his leg caught in a ladder and like flips upside down and the flames start shooting sideways what? it was it was a crazy event yeah it was one of the best uh live performances i've ever and seen and then you you thought i'm going to pick up the banjo well at that point i'm like you always dream about that one i got a guitar from my parents but what i secretly wanted was a bass right because i'm like <laughs> because your parents think they you want the guitar so they got me a guitar for christmas just like one of those starter kits that's you know maybe 100 bucks where it's got the guitar and like a tiny little amp and they're like there you go you can rock out i'm like but this is not what les claypool plays right but the guitar was still cool and then i bought myself uh, my own guitar or a bass guitar and then uh, yeah started just playing down in the basement making noises and it, it's very uh soothing therapy yeah yeah i think the bass is like <clears throat> whether whether it gets you laid or not i don't know but uh, it definitely helps you relax. So, <laughs> so either way, you're falling asleep and having a cigarette, right? Like, <laughs> like you're like, it gets you late or not? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it definitely hasn't worked for me. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> hey, what do you do? For, are you in a band? Well, no, I play in my parents' basement. I make a lot of noises, entertain my friends, well, annoy my friends. I annoy my friends back then. So you're from the prairies and the grasslands, mm -hmm. and I have a music connection for you. That's interesting to me. I want to share Ooh. with you. I know it's it's pretty well, impressive that, in my mind. I like where this is going. It focuses around the music video you made for Bob Wiseman. Oh, yes. And his song, Neil Young at the Junos. Yeah, I figured that would be the most fitting one to do because it's Neil Young, right? Well, I'm obsessed. Mm -hmm. Like, Never Sleeps Network comes from Rust Never Sleeps. Oh, cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I put together all these drawings as well. Like, Neil Young is... He's the greatest, right? The greatest. And uh, I, I created a, a little um, single cell, kind of like a far side. What are those called? Oh, yeah. Like kind of like a one liner, not animation, just drawing still. Yeah. You know, cartoon. a cartoon thing, right? And uh, comic strip, a single cell comic strip. That's what I'm getting <laughs> at. Where are we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mind is kind of screwed up, right? But yeah, so then a uh, single cell comic strip, and I, a strip, and I uh, named it Harvest Moon. Because both the Twilight Zone, like the Harvest Moon, there's something weird at that time, right? Uh, Twilight Zone, but then Harvest Moon because of Neil Young, yeah, which is great. <laughs> so first off, hats off to Bob. Mm -hmm. Incredible track. Isn't it great? 
and everyone likes one Blue Rodeo song. So for those of you who don't know, Bob Weisman is in the original lineup from Blue Rodeo. They're the Canadian Eagles, in my opinion. <laughs> you like great, that? Yeah, yeah I like, like that. that. I do like that. It's a rite of passage as any Canadian to have Diamond Mine, the song, stuck in your head once a year. Oh, yeah. No question. Yeah. Bob is also from Winnipeg, mm -hmm. like you. Yeah. And Bob's origins are actually in Toronto, where Neil Young was born in Toronto, and his origins are in Winnipeg. Weird. Where you fit. It's just a bit too perfect. How all these stars are aligned to make this beautiful music video that I highly recommend. People go to your website and see godofcomedy.com. It's the most humble name that I can come up with. How did you get connected to Bob Wiseman? Are you still friends? Does he invite you to concerts? Do you guys just hang out? Well, we met because of the Boom Show. I used to do uh, like a live sketch comedy show with uh, a big group of people. And Dan Gallia knew Bob Wiseman from the Skechersons. So then he brought Bob on to do a couple shows with us. And uh, finding out that Bob was from Winnipeg, I just talked to him about Winnipeg. And uh, then from there, he asked me if I wanted to help make a uh, music video. And he's like, yeah, pick any song you want. I picked a different one. Uh, <laughs> pick any song you want, but a, that but, one. But yeah, he's like, no, well, I, I was thinking something else. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so so we, we, uh, we switched it up and uh, did, uh, yeah, the Neil Young at the Junos. And uh, my friend Deb Robinson uh, helped me as long with, along with Dan. And yeah, we put together this wonderful uh, music video. And it's shot in different styles, you'll notice. Like it, so we, we, we used it with uh, digital, 8mm, uh, 16mm, I forget which millimeter. The point is film. And the last one was uh, uh, video. So like the video surveillance. So there's three different elements there. And it's all shot. And then we play it all in the one room. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I loved it. Basically a... Uh, the only thing that cost us any money was the uh, Neil Young cardboard cutout. You bought it. <clears throat> oh, and the the sixteen millimeter film or eight millimeter fi the Where film. Where do you buy a Neil Young cutout? Uh, Online? No, a friend of mine. She works uh, like art department, and so she has uh, some guys who can print out some right. quality stuff. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so they printed us this Neil Young cardboard cutout. Where is it now? I don't know where that is. Oh, no. I don't know where the Neil Young cardboard cutout is. It used to be in my home in Whitaker, which was right around the corner from here. But, uh, yeah, I don't know where it is now. By the way, if you look at the legs, those aren't his legs. Because, <laughs> like, the picture that I got to use uh, only went down to about his, uh, just above his knees. Okay. So I found, like, a stock photo <laughs> and photoshopped. So those aren't Neil Young's feet when was, you see them. I was wondering whose feet they were. They're too perfect. They're too perfect. <laughs> Those are model feet right there. <laughs> okay. So, Neil Young and Bob Wiseman, do they have a relationship? Does he tell, does Bob tell you about this relationship? Uh, no, I don't think they have a relationship. Interesting. Yeah. I thought they might. They, they might have met one another. Probably. Bob Wiseman actually has a really good relationship with um, Paul Simon. Oh, wow. Pa Paul Simon and uh, Paul Simon's, well, who's his ex-wife? Uh, anyway, Paul Simon's ex-wife, the one the whole uh, Graceland album is uh, dedicated to. Dedicated to. I'm pretty sure that's uh, who he's. For. Anyway, the point is, yeah, yeah Paul. He's more of a uh, Paul Simon. So, friend. any funny stories from shooting that? Because if you haven't seen the video, you got to go to GodofComedy.com. <laughs> oh, 
Can I explain why I have that website? Because <laughs> most people need like, to. Yeah, but most people go like, ugh. Like I, I have a feeling that people would be. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. So I got I got it because uh, um, my name was taken. Like when I was going to choose a website, I'm like, oh, Garrett Jameson, right? Sounds about right. <laughs> One of those, one of those other companies who buys up, I guess, domain names for cheap, because they'll probably find out who, what names are looked, been looked at a lot. So I, I don't know if they found that my name was looked up more than the average person, right? So then they bought that website and they're trying to sell it back to me for a thousand dollars. Oh man! So I'm like, no, I'm not going to buy this thousand dollar website. I'll find something else. And uh, God of War came out. And so I'm like, ooh, God of Comedy, right? Back to video games. Right? So, so it's a video game kind of reference. But uh, most people, I think, uh, think it's very, uh, um, what would you say, like uh, egotistical? But it's it's not. I, I really don't. I have a loose video game reference coming up later in the interview. Ooh. Yeah. So loose, though. Loose. How loose are we talking Whoa. about? Here? Hey. <laughs> You'll have to wait and find out. Yeah, yeah. Tetris. And that's all you say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blocks. <laughs> so back to Bob Wiseman. Mm-hmm. You come up with this idea for the video? Like, how did it work where you're just going to be like, hey, we're going to go into these random locations? Did you guerrilla style the video? Yeah, like- he said, come up with like, that, that's a good thing about working with Bob Wiseman. He's like, come up with anything. Right. And then uh, so I said, oh, like I pictured him kind of being like an insane like, guy in the uh, asylum who breaks free with this and just wants to go on a journey with Neil Young. Right. So he's not really there. So the idea is like you also take Neil Young wherever you go, right? Like you, when you go listening to Neil Young, you're like, it's me and Neil right now, but really Neil Young's not there, right? So it's it's kind of that idea where you're taking this cardboard cutout with you, and it's not uh, it's not really Neil Young, but it's you know hanging out with him and having a good time, looking at all the the trees and the <laughs> the animal life, things that Neil Young would yeah, enjoy. You know, Neil Young enjoys everything. Do you know the folklore? Pun intended. The folklore. Lore? Yeah. Neil Young and his association with the Junos? No, what is the folklore? So, he's actually never been or performed at a Junos. Oh, that, yeah. No, sorry, that's why this song is even exists, because right. it's Neil Young actually being there, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think something about it never being in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and then finally when he it was in Winnipeg, he had a brain aneurysm. Mm. So he couldn't even be at the one that like, he was he scheduled to be there. Yeah. And then he had a, his brain aneurysm like five years ago. Oh, wow. Something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So then even the, the folklore continues. Like there were, of, of all things to prevent Neil Young from actually making it to the Winnipeg Junos, it has to be a brain aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is so crazy. And then he's still, he's still performing. He's still good. Which is amazing. Like he, he's, he's better than, yeah, he, he's one of the greatest. He, his, uh, his family, half his family comes from an area that's right where my, like in the countryside, uh, Cypress River. The Youngs all live out so there. So Bob Young and yeah, they all live out Scott there. Young, I mean. Yeah, and they all live out there and they, they all have less teeth than them. They all look like Neil Young, but they have less teeth. Oh, that's how yeah. I need to see these photos. And uh, Neil Young showed up to their place recently. His tour bus was going through and he stopped in Cypress River, which is like a town of like 400 people maybe. Wow. Right? And uh, his family was out golfing for the afternoon, so he didn't get to meet them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so he's like, I just stopped here with the crew. And then, uh, then continued on. These guys, him and like Bob Dylan are always known for these stories. Bob Dylan was in the, some suburb town and these people saw this guy dressed in like a cowboy outfit on their lawn, like peeking through the window. Oh, that, that was in, uh, that was in Winnipeg because, uh, Neil Young went to Calvin high school. That's what you're talking about? Yeah. And then they, they like, he's like, can I come in and look where Neil Young was, you know, born and raised? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And like, yeah, sure. Whoever you are, crazy old man. 
right? And the guy goes in. He's like, wow, look at all this stuff. <laughs> Ew, this is neat. And then, uh, turn, yeah, it turns out that it's Bob Dylan. So, there's another story where Bob Dylan is in Liverpool, mm-hmm. England, and he takes... The oh, Beatles. Wow, I'm, in, uh, this is, wow. <laughs> I'm gonna just tell you situations that Bob Dylan's in, and then you're gonna have to act them out. Liverpool. <laughs> it's like a pool liver. <laughs> that's where they. That's where it came from. Um, he decided to go on the, one of those Beatles Liverpool bus tours. So, mm-hmm. like, there's just like a bus that goes around every hour on the hour a, through a magical mystery tour. I assume they call it. I'm assuming, but it's also early Beatles, right? So you never know. This is oh, like yeah, pre America Beatles. Rubber Soul kind of tour. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, the Beatles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Beatles. Before they were just called Beatles. <laughs> Supposedly, he was on some bus tour, going through the, the Liverpool bus tour, and he's just like chatting up this person next to him who has no idea that mm-hmm. he's Bob Dylan. And then, like, at the end of the trip, he's like, thanks, I'm Bob Dylan, by the way, and then leaves. I like how he has to say who he is at the end, because it's like, even though you were talking to a regular person, <laughs> but you're talking to Bob Dylan. Do you think he has that voice all the time, or is it his Lay Lady Lay type thing? Uh, I think it's a progressive voice. He's just got progressively more kind of uncomprehensible. Who is the other guy that he was talking to? The, the guy on the other on the bus, he's like, who oh, I'm Bob Dylan. And the other guy was like, well, I'm uh, Elvis, baby. I don't know, but if it was K-Trev, what would they sound like together? Ah, uh, hey, uh, K-Trev. <laughs> there we are. That's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, there we are. Sorry. Come I'm on. Gonna, I'm going to keep putting you on the spot to do uh, Different impersonations. Different uh, of comedians around Toronto. Yeah. yeah. So, back to Bob Wiseman and, and, and Neil Young. Mm-hmm. What did Bob tell you, like, about his feelings about Neil? I'm just so... I just want to know what Bob Wiseman, like, a, a Canadian... I would call, you know, Blue Rodeo a legendary band as far as Canadian acts go. What did he explain to you? What, what kind of feelings does Neil Young make Bob Wiseman feel? Uh, Bob Wiseman, in, I think, enjoys the fact that Neil Young is a Canadian who makes music. Like, musicians, musicians are... Uh, they always are really into what they do. Right. And they just have respect for what other musicians are doing. I don't know if he's an actual like huge fan like we would be. Right. right? And that's that's kind of the impression that I, I got. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. so like Bob Wiseman, I think, is just he's another musician and sees Neil Young as another musician. You know what I mean? That's a great answer. And uh, that's uh, that's what I think a lot of like even with comics, like it, at this level of the game, you like, oh, you, you see everyone who's a comic as a comic, right? Obviously, some comics have been doing it longer, and that's what you you see more as, right? It's like, oh, who has more experience rather than... You, I'm, I'm just a fan of all <laughs> comedians, as long as they're working hard at doing stuff, right? Did you ever start comedy, and then you, would, you admired somebody, and now that you're in the industry, that you're actually touring with them or doing a show with them? Has that ever happened? Yeah, the person that I uh, actually looked up to, and when I first started writing jokes... And would picture making them laugh. Like, that's how I'd go about writing a lot of my stuff, was picturing make, making a certain person laugh. That's awesome. And the person that uh, inspired me, which was, like, just a step up, was uh, Hunter Collins. Wow! Yeah, Hunter Collins. And I've, t- I've told him that, where it's like, it, yeah, he was my, like, when I'm like, oh, man, what would make Hunter laugh, right? So, because we would do the, uh, at that time, the Tuesday night, Humber Night at Yucks. And so, as long as I could, like, make Hunter laugh, I'm like, I knew I was doing... 
All right, right. Hunter's incredible. Oh man, he is. He's a genius. He's a, he is the one of the I'd say the funniest uh, joke writers in Canada. And he's really good at collaborating. He's really good at working with other people. Yeah, he's he's good at using the yes and. One time, uh, I, I went over to his place to because uh, I missed his birthday, so I bought uh, a thing of uh, Schweppes uh, tonic water and this gin that had a derby hat on it. <laughs> and now uh, we put the derby hat a little like derby lid right derby yeah. hat lid and we put yeah. the derby hat on the schweppes and hunter's like oh, that's a respectable bottle of schweppes right there i would trust that bottle of schweppes with my kids <laughs> <laughs> well you guys do a lot of stuff on instagram together yeah well like uh because we just recently we were in uh, new york together okay. uh, with uh, barry taylor recording some stuff well i want to talk about that because you guys do comedy record stuff your videos on youtube your youtube page is uh i got it right <laughs> here bum dog it's so, all over the map. I should. Uh, I don't have anything unifying me. I, that's what I, I. I need a PR person. If there's a PR person out there who, please help me. I'm a mess. So these are the things that I got from your YouTube page that I absolutely adore. Mm-hmm. Who's picking the music for your videos? Because I got hooked on Vince Lombardi's Game Face. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Vince Lombardi. So Ryan Spratt, Spraticus. He's Vince. He's part of Vince Lombardi. Come on. So that's where I met those guys to help me out because they are a fan of comedy, obviously, and video games, and video games, and uh, football, which is weird because they make fun of football, but they do enjoy the actual game of football. Yeah, I love this full circle that's happening right now. Right, it's pretty great. So yeah. they're, they're Game Face, and then uh, Hide Your Daughters is actually Ken Mode's side project. And there's this NBA Jam song. Oh yeah, I want a jam. I want a jam. I want to jam with a basketball man. Like, and they auto-tune, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be uh, Charles Barkley. The ghost of Charles Barkley appears in that <laughs> song, right? Uh, from NBA Jam, yeah, 93. You have a, a, this hilarious YouTube presence. I suggest you do more videos. Okay. I'll, I'll, <clears throat> Bum Dog, that's your YouTube channel. But you've also been featured on some of the best Toronto-based YouTube comedy channels. One being Matt O'Brien's, you know, famous for the late night talk show on a subway. I was the very first guest on oh, that. that. I didn't realize that. And in his old intro, and if you watch the old intros, you can see me peeking in the window because they filmed it on the spot, right? Very That's quickly. So, so I'm funny. like already looking. I'm in every intro until they made the new one. Okay. And what yeah. was that like? That's a great idea. First of all, I've had Matt O'Brien on the show. He's fun. How, so much fun. He's and like, that shows in a great idea. He's a tall ball of energy. <laughs> uh, okay, that's OB. two impersonations yeah, right, <laughs> uh, You've also been featured on the extremely funny Josh Saltzman sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called That Thing That Happened, where you play a tribe leader. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also this not-so-mini miniseries vlog documenting your last tour with Ken Mode. Oh yeah, yeah, that uh, that one was a lot of fun. The uh, those guys are also they have a skill in marketing and PR, so they made their tour vlog slash a food vlog. Yeah, they so they basically had us uh, make food porn. Yeah, I want to hear more about the food. I'm a food guy. I need to hear your food experiences. Oh my god, have you ever eaten food? <laughs> <laughs> it is the best. Uh... I would highly recommend food. What's your favorite food? Oh man, I I'm very fond of sweet potatoes. I thought you were going to say I was fond of fondant. <laughs> Is that a thing, fondant? I feel I feel almost discouraged to um, 
to say puns in front of you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I love because it, it, then it gets me going. Okay. But yeah, you don't have to now. Yeah, because when you get yeah. put on the spot, puns oh, don't man. work when you're on the spot. Not at no. all. Because they, they, they happen naturally. I'm not a comic. I'm not I'm, a pundit. You know what I mean? Oh, like, man. Yeah, yeah. So um, I can make funny puns off other people's conversations. Yeah. If I'm lucky. And that's that, that's the best way to make puns. Because mm-hmm. it, it, puns, I think, you have to be really paying attention. So you either have to be really aware of what you're saying yourself but it's a lot easier when you're paying attention to what other people are saying and then you kind of chime in. You know what I mean? So if someone's talking, then you're like, I'll just say my two cents right here and then dip out. Well, there's two types of funny people. I feel like there's, you can, there's people who actually can write comedy and, and do stand up. And then there's people who are just generally funny. You know, like you enjoy conversation with them because you're going to laugh, but they're, they're not necessarily doing bits. And I would like to think <laughs> I fall into the latter. I'd like to think so. But usually when I have a conversation, I, I, I get this all the time. I, I don't know either either a I don't know how you're a comic <laughs> you haven't said one funny thing right and uh <clears throat> two oh man you must be a comic because you haven't said one funny thing yet so you save it for the state and I was like oh yeah I, I think the stage is where I shine I like your stage presence because you drill your jokes home you're very good at getting the point across getting your joke across getting your point even if it's like a a joke that doesn't necessarily fly like you still walk away getting a funny response and that's tough like it's you're you're trying out new material all the time well it's a it's it's tough and it's also like one of my can i tell you a secret of what i do please uh i i sometimes if someone says a punch or setup really quickly and says a punchline they're like that was a joke and i'm like i'm sorry like you're still trying to comprehend because it takes a lot to think about how jokes work and what's going on, right? Uh, so that's why I just I just repeat my setup. I repeat my setup. I repeat my setup, and then people <laughs> are like, okay, I see this, and then I hit them with the punchline, oh, so they really know what's coming, right? That's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, obviously you didn't invent that, but no, it's, it's just, a great style. That's a great trick, and that's uh, that's what I'll do on stage. Is just kind of re- for, so for jokes, I'll do that. For stories, you don't need to really repeat the setup, right? Yeah, because people are following along. So to get back to your question, I I, I like it when people ask me what my favorite food is. And oh, what, yeah, back what, to the food. What oh, my geez. favorite <laughs> dish is. Because I think when people ask you what your p- favorite food is, you're supposed to respond with the one ingredient that is your favorite. Really? Well, in my opinion, I was like, what's your favorite food? Salt? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I love salt. Well, salt's pretty great. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like... But that's not a food. Is it a food, salt? Well, pr- probably not. That's why I said sweet potato, but like... <laughs> Doctors would not agree with you here. <laughs> what's your favorite food? Sour. Salt. Yeah, sour. I love sour. <laughs> but let's just say, like, I like to ask, what's your favorite dish and what's your favorite food? Because, oh, like, okay. sweet potato fries would be my favorite dish. So, semantics. You, you like talking about semantics. Well, I like talking about food yeah, yeah, yeah you know and i feel like there's so much more than like i mean like what's your favorite thing to cook with what's so, your favorite thing to eat what's your favorite thing to go out after a show yeah i guess there is multiple levels to food especially in yeah tiered cake but uh <laughs> there's so many levels there so so what, what would your favorite okay we'll go with food and then dish I would say my favorite food is sweet potatoes. I think it's like a super food. Like in, it, you can cook a sweet potato pretty much anyway in a soup. You can fry it, make fries. Mm. Like it's just so versatile, sushi. good for you. So I would say sushi's my favorite food. Okay, so right, because sushi's and not the sweet potato sushi though. Sure, yeah, yeah. put it in there. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, sushi is pretty great, right? For so that's your favorite dish. I would say sushi is like my favorite food. Food, okay. Sushi is food. Food favorite dish. Favorite dish. So I'm, sushi I'm is dish. Using my own my yeah, own so self. They, and they have the smallest dishes too, which they is pretty do. great. Yeah. I like miniatures. Yeah, yeah. I like like I, if I'm pouring myself a big bowl of cereal, I love a small spoon. Yeah, yeah, right. With cereal, what yeah. if what if they're like the big big nuggets? What big nuggets of cereal are you eating? How big are uh, corn puffs? Oh, no. What about shredded wheat? Shredded wheat's gigantic. That's, well, you got to break it up with the little spoon. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you don't, can't just eat it all in one one swoop. <laughs> Get it Imagine, all like, the... people are not putting milk on it and just, like, taking out big chunks of shredded wheat and, like, eating it with their hands. When I was a kid, I used to eat it like that. Really? Yeah, because uh, we didn't really have snacks in our place. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> so, yeah, when you're little, you need, like, a snack, right? So, that was our <laughs> snack. And uh, But jokes on my mom, uh, it was a lot more vacuuming for her so uh haha we may have been a little healthier but uh, right sounds like healthy yeah so what's your favorite food my favorite food so this is just the item item with favorite item what do you cook the most with what's your favorite food i uh enjoy uh breads i really like breads yeah what kind of bread what's your favorite bread uh, lately, I've been eating croissants. Okay. Oh my god, croissants are like so. And I never really had croissants when I was younger. That's okay. why I think it's they're. I've had them, but they're newer to me right now. Well, so the, like, I'm really on this croissant kick. The leap from a shredded wheat block. Yeah. To now a to thing of butter. Croissant. Yeah. To butter bread. Oh my god, it's so good. That I really love. I love that. And also uh, anything with cinnamon in it, like a bread with cinnamon. A good cinnamon bread, okay. whether it's a cinnamon roll, a cinnamon cake, a cinnamon bread. Right. Uh, yeah. So that, would, that would almost be like the dish that you like. What's your favorite dish? Oh, my favorite dish, though, yeah, to would just be a, a good breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm a, yeah, breakfast you can't go wrong with. And like when you do have a good one, you're like, that really stood out. Where it's, in Toronto? Oh, go ahead. Breakfast Finish is almost like a, yeah, like an orgasm, I think. Where you like, you can have them, they're all great, but then there's ones where you're like, oh my God, that one changed my life. I saw the future. <laughs> I, I was using sex magic and eating that breakfast. Where do I get a good breakfast in Toronto and where do I get a good breakfast in Winnipeg? What kind of breakfast is breakfast do you like? Like diner, you, like gre- gre- good hash greasy, browns, greasy spoon. Greasy spoon, yeah. Okay, so a good one around here, right near you, is a uh, place called the UFO. Really, Jeff Paul talks about that place all the time. Okay, so guess who was uh, the first one to go into UFO and bring all the comedians there constantly? Uh, you well, you live around. You used yeah, to live around I, the corner. We, we moved here, right? And yeah. uh, I I went in there being like, oh man, I'm gonna get a uh, you know something to drink. Go in, and there's a whole diner in there and i was like oh i gotta come back here right and so i got the homemade hamburger that they have there which is i think the best burger in the city wow yeah Garrett. well because like these gourmet burgers they're like that's too much bucks, yeah they're 20 bu- one they're 20 bucks two they're not really burgers they're just like what other flavors can we put on this but for a basic burger with uh if you want cheese and bacon on it you can add that but for a basic hamburger Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. I have yet to go in yet. Yeah, you should. Yet to go in yet. The uh, it, it does wreak havoc on your uh, intestines after. Okay. Like all the all the food is because like well it's greasy right yeah. like it's very greasy but it's oh my god it's so good it's cheap it's cheap and it's dynamite I guarantee, and instead of getting mayo put the tzatziki on it whoa that's what I do yeah and it's it's uh, oh my god who's getting fancy now with their yeah, burgers I know, right? <laughs> that's probably as fancy as I'll go with burgers is put tzatziki on it. 
But yeah, there they have a great breakfast. Jeff Paul talks about this story where he went in and he asked for a side of peanut butter Mm -hmm. for his bread or his toast or whatever. And the lady walks up with a jar of peanut butter and like sticks a giant spoon in it and just plops it on his plate. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that place is they they're not so much a convenience store because they have Clamato in there. Like that one area that you eat is over by the kitty litter products and cat food. Right. And there's also this Clamato they had there. And the Clamato was uh, brown. Like it's been sitting there for so long. It just had turned from red to brown. From the light pollution. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So it's just like so old. So I wouldn't recommend getting any of the convenience store (laughs) stuff. But the the food that's in the restaurant is a high turnaround. So it's it's fresh. So you used to live around the corner. Yeah, I used to live right at Whitaker. With a bunch of comedians. Oh, a ton of comedians right next to a police officer and his family. Oh. And so uh, the, the, the wife would come over and she'd be like, do you guys mind not smoking your pot out in the backyard when there's 10 other cops? <laughs> right? So they, because like the bike cops would come over and they'd hang out in the backyard for a while. And uh, yeah, my friend was smoking weed out in the backyard. Well, so what? Police. Well, right. But uh, she's just like, because they don't care, but they just don't want, you know, if you're around their friends, they're like, ha, ha, ha. So they have to kind of like tell you not to do it. They told us not to do it outside. Just do it inside. Oh, come on. Yeah. But, you know, I understand that because they're with their work friends at that point. So he has to now, instead of being your neighbor, he has to be the, the cop neighbor. I don't know. I don't want to get in, into how deep. And weird that is, but um, who did you live in the house with? Who are some of the comedians that were in there? Ooh, uh, so when we first moved in, do you know Sarah Donaldson? I know the name. Okay, Sarah Donaldson and Dave Merhej. Oh, wow. So yeah, that was us. And then uh, then later, uh, O'Gorman lived there. Uh, guy Brian named O'Gorman? Brian O'Gorman, yeah. Uh, Patrick Rizzo, which he used to do stuff, but... Not, I know Patrick. You know Patrick? Yeah. yeah. He fell off the map. Where is yeah, he? Yeah, he used to do uh, comedy, but uh, he... he he manages a restaurant now. Yeah, he's Italian. He's into yeah, the food. Cl- the food side of things. Yeah. He's always been a food type person. And yeah, so yeah. He's, he's, uh, he focused more on the uh, the restaurant side I of things. I can't remember so where I met Patrick. I think Patrick and I worked in television or something together. That's possible. Yeah, what uh, casting. What, um, what town are you from? Are you I'm from, from Toronto? Yeah. Oh, from Toronto. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, he's from Cambridge. Okay. Oh, no, Cambridge I, I knew him from Toronto. Yeah. I knew him when he lived in that house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've known... About you for a long time, not just because you're stand-up, because you live there, and I have friends who are comedians, and just be like, yeah, Garrett just lives around the corner, yeah, but in- you don't anymore. No, I don't. I live over at Ossington and Dundas area. And who else lived with you then at the old place? Uh, the old place? I think it ended pretty much with uh, oh, uh, Evan Demery lived there for a little bit. Oh, cool. Uh, we, we had a lot of people stay on our couches, like Sandro Very. He lived there for like... we Because I, I had so many couches, I'd let anyone... Stay there, crash there. Yeah, multiple comics have definitely slept on the For couches sure. there. A comic house. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a comic house. A comic flop house, if you flop will. Flop house, yeah, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. There's a, uh, like, Ryan McGlenob. Do you know Ryan McGlenob? The uh, He works over at Absolute now. Okay. But he was over, and we were taking care of a dog as well. And uh, one night he was sleeping on the couch. He went up to use the bathroom, and the dog took his spot. And then uh, he tries to push the dog out, but it was a giant uh, husky and the dog growled at him. So then he had to sleep on the floor. Oh, come on. <laughs> Are, you living... that so What's that? Are you living with any comics now? Oh, DeBonis also lived there. Yeah, I was going to say, I DeBonis, knew DeBonis. Yeah, DeBonis yeah. lived there for a little bit, too. Um, any comics now? I'm... No, I'm not living with any comics now. It's a uh, a lady who does like esthetician waxing. Okay, so yeah. it must be a much cleaner house. It's a it's, yeah, it is a cleaner place because there's less people. That's for sure. Oh my gosh, right? yeah, so less yeah, comics. Yeah, less comics, and uh, the place also isn't freezing cold. 
Oh, it was really way. cold. It was oh, a yeah. basement? Wait, this one? No, this, this one just had no insulation. Weird. Oh, yeah, so it's like, just really cold so in the winter. Yeah, in the wintertime. Whew. Whew. Oh, you don't want to live there. Yeah, yeah. Where, where there's frost, like, developing around your head. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a lot of raccoons lived, lived in the area, <laughs> ripping open garbage in front of our... Anyway, the, the point is it was a disaster of a place. Well, I'm glad you're out of there now. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Mark DeBonis, yep. back to your YouTube page. Yep. Are clearly you... And Mark DeBonis, Pat Bercher, Ian Gordon, all with Barry Taylor doing comedy record tours mm-hmm. all over major crazy international cities. Mm-hmm. I need to hear the stories. What are your go-to what? funny stories from you guys all touring together? T- uh, touring with those guys? It's it's usually pretty tame with comics. I, I know that sounds... You think that it's not, but yeah, a lot of comic stories are... Uh... Well, with Ian, so Ian and I recently went on a, uh, Ian Gordon and I went on a, a trip where we went to LA first and then went up the coast and then ended up in, uh, doing a tour out west. Like the, the, the sort of a run out there that you can do, like in Fort McMurray and all that stuff. Great. Yeah, we performed in Fort McMurray the week before it burnt down. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of, uh, it, it was a lovely city. It but was. We, we were a actually talking city. with one of the, one of the clients there, or the clients, the, one of the audience members, and he was saying that it just, he's like, he, he was surprised that the city hadn't burnt down yet. Oh, wow. So, like, it was kind of like, okay, well, because he said they're out in the middle of the bush. There's been fires that have come close to the city, but never actually through it. And then, sure enough, a week later, it it burnt down. But the stories with with all those guys, uh, there's, yeah, with, with Ian, when we uh, crossed the border going to uh, L.A., the guy's like, oh, what's your destination? We're like, we're going to L.A., uh, and our first stop is going to be Denver. And the guy's like, well, you're not going to make it by tonight. And we're like, yeah, sure. We're not right. But fast forward to 24 hours later, we drove 24 hours straight coming to Denver. And, uh, have you ever hallucinated? Well, it's kind of dangerous, but, uh, have you ever hallucinated while driving? Like just from being just from <laughs> tired. tired. Yeah. Both, sure. both Ian and I were driving and there's like all these antelope everywhere. And, uh, we both saw a train, but it turns out it was just another car. Uh, so in another alternate universe, I think we died on that road. But anyway, we ended up staying, we showed up and, uh, ended up staying with people who grow their own, uh, weed for the, uh, the state. Have, uh, have you ever been around people who smoke like a ton of weed? Like I like stoners, but have you ever been around people yet next level where it's all, it's almost like you're dealing with a, like I would say a crackhead. Okay, yeah, it's a drug yeah, when, like you go, a, when you abuse something. And this lady talks a million miles an hour, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's a New York hot minute right there, right? And talk like this, right? And we're so tired. As soon as we show up, she's like, there's dabs right here on the table. There's this and that, right? And Ian hits a dab, and uh, he was out, like, I, next thing I see, like, 10 minutes we're there after driving 24 hours. He's on the couch, and his, like, eyes are, like, flickering. And I'm like, you all right, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm cool, right? The, uh, the dog this lady has was a... Uh, you know, this story is actually going nowhere because I realize there's no ending. It's just me talking about how crazy this woman is. She had her uh, pit bull dressed up as a bee, right? And the dog only has three legs, right? Oh, it was, man. it was, it was a messed up time. Anyway, uh, and Ian wanted to sleep on the couch, but then the dog took over the know, couch. The dog took over the couch. So they couldn't get on there, and then I confused that story earlier with Ryan McGlennon and him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, most of most of my stories uh, revolve around just traveling alone. I think. Wow. Yeah, because uh, a lot of times you're on the uh, bus. Right. Or like you get put into a car situation where you're with strangers. And I think that's when you're more aware of things where you where you're with people like you just things happen, but you're not focused on that because you're also dealing with someone else. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, with Pat, though, there was a time where I uh, confused a uh, a monk. 
Like I thought this guy was a monk. <laughs> and so I let him use the bat, like on the plane, I let him use the bathroom first. And the guy was like really thankful. He was this uh, small Asian man with a shaved head <laughs> and a bright orange shirt. And I'm like, Oh, like I'll let the monk use the, the bathroom first. So he used the bathroom. The guy was like really thankful and like kept shaking my hand. I'm like, no problem. I did my job for Buddha or whatever. Right? <laughs> and uh, then uh, that's how Buddha works. Right. And that's what I think. Like it's like a karma thing. So I'm like, yeah, I'll let the monk go pee or poo or whatever he had to do. And then, uh, or whatever monks, monks don't do. Poo. Yeah. They pray. He, they pray it out. It's just, or like <laughs> meditate, they meditate. It's like, and then it just dissolves oh, into God. nothing. So then we land and this monk starts hanging out with us, like following me around and like talk, like trying to talk to me, but it's just in nods and, hmm, uh, uh, and he's like, uh, right. So he doesn't know where he's going. So I'm like, yeah, follow us, man. I didn't know where I'm going either, but uh, I'll help this monk. And then Pat's like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he's just this monk who's lost. And he's like, that's not a monk. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not a monk? He's wearing the orange. And he's like, that's a golf shirt. It's a, the guy was wearing an orange golf shirt. And I thought he was this monk. And uh, we went on this, you know, those trains in the airport where you go from your luggage pickup to the passport area. So we went onto one of those and the monk sits down and or who I thought was a monk. And then he went to gesture with his hand, like a sweeping motion for me to sit down. But as he did, he touched my genitals. So, yeah, like, I, that they, is hilarious. Then I was like, oh, this is the worst monk <laughs> in the world right here. But, uh, you know, if Buddha, if Buddha thinks it's good, then, you know, fine, whatever. Yeah. Oh, the sweep of the genitals. Mm. So, uh, yeah, am I observant? Sometimes. I realized that he was wearing a bright orange shirt, <laughs> and I thought that was the monk's uniform, but it was, turns out that it was a Nike golf shirt. <laughs> well,. I want to know about these interesting cities you've been to because of comedy. You've had this amazing opportunity to travel. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, the a lot of the uh, the Southeast Asian cities, you you, um, you really can't. Uh, you can say a lot of things, and you can get away with a lot of things for being a uh, Westerner or like a person from North America. But uh, Singapore, you're not allowed to say anything about the government. Like so, they and there was a person in the audience recording my set to make sure that I or the opening acts weren't saying anything about the government in uh, Myanmar. They're like, whatever you do, do not make a joke about Buddha. And I'm like, I don't have anything about Buddha. I wasn't even going to talk about the monk. I was going to say, (laughs) I wasn't even going to bring that up, but they're like, yes, you're not allowed to say anything about that. A comedian was there. Like, I guess a few years ago who made a, just an offshoot joke about Jesus and Buddha. And it landed him 12 years in a hard labor camp. So, uh, how is that even possible? Because, uh, yeah, you're just not allowed to make, you're not allowed to say anything. Same with Thailand. You're not allowed to make fun of the, uh, the king or queen. Yeah. Just, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, you, it's like, we think we ha- like ha- people like, ah, you're not allowed to say this and you're allowed to say that. You're allowed to say things here. You then just people think you're an asshole. Right. If you do say the wrong things. Right. Whereas there, not only will they think you're an asshole, but they'll either try to kill or maim you and then uh, also ship you off to prison. So, Scary. Uh, yeah. It's a terrifying place. And Vietnam, the only reason why we're allowed to perform is because we're uh, Canadian. Uh, a person from Vietnam, not allowed to public speak. It's illegal. Holy. So, yeah, I'm learning so much. Yeah. It's, uh, it was one of those things where you're like, oh, the rest of the world is kind of like this. Like, I understand there's, it's not just more being poor or rich or anything. It's actual restrictions. It's amazing how much you learn mm. going on these tours because you would never know. No, I would never know that at all. And then, yeah, you go there and you're like, oh my God, this is like, you, you know, you understand like, because all my knowledge of Vietnam before was 
platoon and like apocalypse now. now yeah yeah like which really isn't a good light and you know painting the picture <laughs> well, right? also like four decades ago I, yeah black pajamas were everywhere man i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> scary <laughs> yeah you do definitely learn a lot about the the world and you, you do oh the other crazy thing is no matter how silly you are or how funny you are in places like myanmar it'll never be as ridiculous as what those people live on a day-to-day life like I could be like, isn't it weird when uh, you're late for the bus and something else happens, right? Whereas there, it's like, oh, uh, uh, we carried bricks. We had to carry bricks on our head today, right? And someone died, and we had to put them into a big steel vat and walk them to the hospital, like, and uh, with no wheels. Like, I don't know. It was, it was so crazy. Like, it was just a different world. And yeah, comedy, it is a thing out there, but it's not our style of comedy that's for sure how do you relate to these people like i mean part of your act is relating i mean part of any good comedian you know relates to their audience yeah and i think uh it's best to rather instead of just show up to a place and go right on stage to actually kind of experience the low like and what's great about being a comic too uh when you show up to these places the people are putting on the shows usually are locals right so they'll take you around and have you do these weird things and then you find stuff that you can relate to the people. And then you get some opening material. Yeah, yeah. and then you kind of bring it back to... Because, like, a lot of the people that you perform to out there are, quote, expats or uh, white immigrants. Right. Right? (laughs) Right? I like what they're called expats. But, uh, yeah, so they they have, like... They can relate to the Western way of life, I guess. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. But uh, in Thailand, you're performing for, quote, expats and their uh, small girlfriends or wives. Oh, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of larger people, I really want to get back to uh, Ian Gordon. Mm. He is getting better every year. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's been funny since day one. The first time I met him, he was talking about uh, having sex with a dog missionary style. Oh, man. <laughs> just the image of... He's just so having, funny. Yeah, having sex with a dog missionary style is the funniest thing. He did this one bit about street meat in Toronto. Oh, about flipping the hot dog? Or just how you have to, like, hunch your entire body. Because a hot dog in Toronto is not just a bun. And a, so this is the difference between a food and a dish. Mm-hmm. The hot dog, food. food. What you do, like, your experience... You dress it up. ...is the dish. Okay. So, Ian, you know, basically makes it clear that if you're broke and you want to eat, you know, $10 worth of pickles, corn, salsa, onions, you know, olives, yeah, you- there's an art. There's definitely an art. But what it makes you as a human <laughs> to get to that point, literally to have to buy this to get sustenance. But he, he, I imagine when he's talking about himself hunching over just like this, like, you know, what's the dude from the ring? Uh, Gollum. He, he's got this like yeah. gigantic Gollum <laughs> thing going on. Are you doing, are you about to do a Gollum impersonation? Well, I was making noises, but yeah, I don't know why I was actually. His, his, his joke was so good that my girlfriend and I, the next night were like, we need street meat in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, we need more of this. The joke was so funny that we need to go find, and then you go out of your way to go find the street meat that has all the toppings, not like this $4 hot dog that just has ketchup on it. Yeah, yeah. Are you a, are you a big dresser of your dogs? Oh, for sure. There's uh, the two best places are over by uh, the stadium, like by the Rogers Center. Is so the one on John and King. There's one on. Uh, well, that one's all right. That okay. one, Mike's Mike's Hot Dogs. Yeah, yeah that, you actually know the name. Yeah, I used to be a tour guide of this city. But yeah, oh Mike's, you? Yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah, the the CN Tower stands one thousand one hundred or 
The CN Tower stands 1,185 meters tall, or uh, 553.33 meters. No, it's 553.33 meters, or 1,815 feet and 5 inches tall. Keep them coming, yeah, Garrett. Yeah. And then uh, there's 1,776 stairs up there. We call it the CN Tower. Can anyone guess why it's called? CN Rail? Uh, you, you'd think that. The Canadian but it's, National Tower? You'd think that, but uh, the name the CN Tower is actually named uh, uh, because uh, everyone's seeing it. I'm seeing it, you're seeing it, we're all seeing the CN Tower. That's a, that's a tour guide original right there I wrote. Oh, that's uh, yeah. good. Right, that's Stealing a, that. Yeah, yeah, right there. And uh, But yeah, the, the place is, uh, yeah, the city is, so yeah, the one in John and uh, Front. Okay. There's an older Greek guy there. He has By the two Rapa? Um, I don't. Is Next there a, to the stadium, like where Blue Jays' way like hits, kind yeah, of thing? right, right where it like comes to a dead end, right, right? like right where it comes to. I'm pretty sure John. So okay. John sure. and uh, John and Front were like kitty corner from the CBC building, right? So yeah, That's and, I'm by the, right it. by the parking garage. There's a parking garage there. There's a old Greek guy that runs that. Okay, I think his son now runs it, but that one's a great place. Um, the best fries in the town is Don Juan's. Uh, lover of great foods. He's a uh, he's another uh, old uh, Greek man who calls everyone ugly. All, gu- all guys are ugly and all girls are beautiful, right? And uh, it's great when guys get offended by it because one guy's like, I- "I'm not ugly," and it's like, "Hey, relax, man." Like, <laughs> it'd be weird if he was calling me beautiful right now. Oh, beautiful. Especially because you're ordering a freaking like hot dog. Yeah, you're a disgusting slob <laughs> ordering out of a gr- truck. The man has no feelings in his hand. He can dip his hands into hot grease. And not feel a thing. Just when you go there, ask Don Juan. Be like, hey, Don Juan, I, can you put your fingers in the uh, the boiling <laughs> grease? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and then he'll just dip his hands in the grease. Hot dog vendors make a killing. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no question. The other one, the last one is Young and Dundas Square around the corner on Dundas. Uh, it's on the south side. That uh, those, those guys make their own uh, cherry relish. Hey, now. It's really hot. It's, uh, it's so good. Yeah, but she makes it herself. So you're really knowledgeable when it comes to the city. The core of the city. Anything north of... Uh, Bloor? Almost Bloor. Like a little bit... I know a little bit of Yorkville and then up to Casaloma because that's where the tour bus will go. But anything north of that, I have no idea. How did you get into tour guiding? Interesting. Uh, I applied for a job online on Craigslist and uh, I applied for a to work for a podcast Right. Coincidentally. Right. I worked for. So I, I thought it was for a writing podcast. I got this call and the phone was crapping out on me and they're like, yeah, we got it like an interview. Right. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll come to this interview. And I honestly didn't think that it was going to be for a job. I thought it was to be like a free person on this podcast like to help them write stuff. So I'm right. like, so I showed up with all these writings <laughs> and then uh, I show up and I'm like, is anyone running a podcast out of here? Because like it didn't look like a podcast place. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like. I'm here for the podcast writing job. They're like, oh, um, what is your name? I'm like, uh, Garrett Jameson. She's like, okay. Uh, looks on her schedule and she's like, you're here for a uh, tour guiding position. Did you apply for a tour guiding position? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I did. But I don't really remember applying for this. And uh, yeah, they ended up giving me the job. Amazing. Yeah, because uh, they're like, I told them the story about how the mix up happened. The guy's like, that's hilarious. I'm going to hire you right on the spot. So yeah, I became, what are the chances? I became, yeah, the tour guide of the city. Uh, How long did you do that for? Three years, maybe? Come on. Three years, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a pretty good job. I got Dave the job there. I got uh, Evan Demery the job there. And uh, 
Chris Robinson and yeah, so a lot of people got once once I started there, then a bunch of comics started working at this tour guiding place. Why isn't there a company where comedians do tour guides? Because comedians make horrible tour guides. I mean, I, I think because they they try to deviate so much from. But what it did help me with was crowd work. So like you get stuck in traffic, you're like, all right, looks like we're switching on to crowd work. Where are you from? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was pretty good in that sense. Like you were on a microphone for eight to ten hours a day. Wow. So it was just a matter of talking and filling the dead air. Yeah. I had no idea. That's not in my notes, Garrett. I'm sorry. I should have wrote that. I was a <laughs> tour, tour guide. guide. Yeah, I was a tour guide for a while. And uh, Young Street's the world's longest street. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. No, I did know that. Yeah. And then uh, it, yeah, it starts uh, here, ends in Rainy River. There's a map of it on uh, Young Street itself by the Eaton Center, right by the hot dog place that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we uh, have lunch in our sites after Ooh, this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we do you want to go get street meat after? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Woodcock does this great youtube video of him walking young street in its entirety that's great yeah i've uh, i haven't seen that but he, woodcock is so funny like so funny yeah he he's another one who uh like when i first met him like ah, who's who's this guy and he like you know he's just kind of this quiet guy and i'm like oh yeah yeah but then when he uh like seen him do stand-up he's like he's another uh very obscure like todd graham-ish person which i really really enjoy he'll be on the show nice you Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Wood, Woodcock's so funny. So good. And he's, check he's check, check so this mad. out, listeners. Yeah. If uh, I've just put a bad taste in your mouth, you'll love Jeremy Woodcock. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far into yeah. Garrett's interview. For some reason, if you've made it this far, you'll uh, you'll continue. I want to talk about some of the commercial work that you've done. Oh, okay. Last year, or up to this year, basically, you were the Subway Castaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, I don't remember what sandwich, sand, sandwich it was. San, was it? Sandwich. 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 When you were like eating out of the ditch, just sand. Or you're stuck on an island with a lot of sand. That's a yeah, sandwich. The, the, best, the best part about that whole commercial is uh, that guy dies on that island. You realize that, right? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, because how is he getting off? He's he he has only a limited supply of coconuts. He's doomed. And sandwiches. He, well, he's well. There's no sandwich. That was all. That's in a, right. It's a dream. He's chewing on driftwood at the end. That is a darker commercial than oh, I, man. I, I like, Yeah, on. no, it's probably one of the darkest commercials out there. <laughs> I did a uh, another commercial where there's a there's a kid like moving this candy around, pretending it's a soccer ball in the subway, and I'm just one of the people that he keeps bouncing this berry off, like in his. With his, with his eye, right? Like, he's looking at it. No one actually knows that they're bouncing, being bounced off of But uh, the entire time, I'm like, my character's going home to kill himself. That's, right? <laughs> so, so you, and, like, it's just, that, oh, that, that's God. the joy of being an extra. It's like, you get to go, oh, yeah. This kid's having fun with this candy, but my character is uh, offing himself <laughs> after. Next stop. Yeah, next stop, yeah. Uh, Jump in front of the train. Well, I mean, the connection to subway, subways. Mm-hmm. Right? I just talk about subways all the time. Anything to do with sub and way. Well, you know, you were on Matt O'Brien's The Late Night Talk Show. On a subway. On a subway. Oh, my God. You guys were both in simultaneous subway commercials airing pretty much at the same time. You've summed up my life. Right? (laughs) You and Matt O'Brien are... You know, sandwich heroes in my mind. I mean, no pun intended, right? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. You did it. I did it. I, you was, did I, it. I didn't even write that one. <laughs> oh, but I needed to say it. Anyway. You, you guys are sandwich hobies. <laughs> I mean, heroes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the worst to fuck that up. Um, you've also been a Skittles cat. Mm. 
That was the funniest commercial I've seen in a long time. I know it's like five years ago. Yeah, it's a million years ago. It doesn't matter. When I, commercials were a thing, like then. <laughs> it's still on YouTube. You can look, yeah, yeah. type in Skittles Cat. Yeah, that's uh, that's me. That one, uh, just getting it, I, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. I didn't realize how big it would have become. Like, it won Cannes, uh, Cannes uh, Lions Awards. Gold Cannes, li- like in France? Yeah, like whatever their uh, advertising se- segment. Uh, you're not joking. I'm not joking. It won, like, the Cannes Lion Award and the Cannes... Yeah, it was, like, the commercial. They, my friends who have taken advertising, uh, he, they would post pictures of me because they taught that ad in class. Amazing. When I go into commercial auditions now, it's a... Uh, yeah, like this is all like commercial world, but yeah, the, the the commercial people get excited. They're like, "Oh my god, there's the right there's there's the that's that's the guy, right?" You're not just the Skittles cat; you're the Cans Lion yeah, it gets Skittles you, cat. Yeah, no, no one, no one really knows who the hell you are, right? But it's just so funny to be in a situation where they're like, "Oh my god, that's that's him. That's the guy who, uh, who did the thing," and no one knows my name, but. Well, like, I mean, come on. I mean, part of being a commercially famous person. <laughs> You're the guy who licked the same that's area right. that cat licked? Yeah. yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> can hang my hat on that. And they made amazing use of your beard in that commercial. Oh, yeah. They're making it like the, the little cat thing. Is your hand dead? No, I was p- pulling a hair, a loose hair. Oh, <laughs> just a giant hair off you. <laughs> dipping it, d- ditching it onto the rug. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely, they told me not to look down the camera. Which uh, I did the first take. Oh, and the cat's name is Johnny Depp. Okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I've worked with Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> the cat. The cat. Um, and the handler, uh, I guess the cat was scared of me at the beginning. Uh. And he's like, oh, Johnny Depp's scared of the cat man. He's scared of the cat man. Keep him away from the cat man. And I'd be like, yeah. Right? And the cat would be like, Mur. Anyway, we had a we had a love hate relationship on the set. It was a lot of ins and outs. And, and then you tried to sleep on the couch, and then the cat wouldn't let you. Yeah, the cat would not let me sleep on the couch. It was uh, I've had a lot of problems with couches and animals. Let me tell you. Yeah. So, are we going to see you in any new commercials coming up? Are you doing any commercial work? Uh, there's one right now for uh, kayak. I'm wearing uh, jeans, women's jeans. Really? Yeah. Look up uh, kayak women's jeans. I think. Okay. Or jeans. Jeans, jeans guy. I don't know. Give an agent. Yes, yes, Great. I do. I have the same agent who uh, represents Matt O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, as Matt O'Brien, no, who represents a lot of the uh, old Degrassi people. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know Joey Jeremiah. Yeah, Snake. Snake. Yeah, Wheels. Not I so much Wheels, wheels anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wheels have kind of the, the brakes have been put on. Wheels, right? <laughs> yeah, Neil Hope. We hardly knew ye. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's not he's not doing anything anymore. No, no. <laughs> Neil Hope is yeah not. <laughs> I got I got a good question for you. What's that? You were once shot by Ron James. Mm. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was, there's, uh, there's a pun in there, right? Shot by Ron James. Yeah, how's the how's the pun? Where's oh, I also shot and shot like for there sketch. You go. Okay, I got you. I'm I'm reading you. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible. Reading you. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm not, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, so I was shot and shot by Ron James. Yeah, um, yeah, I was in a. Uh, I got to play a hippie. Have you ever had a gun pulled on you? As a hippie, no, <laughs> no. I, well, as a as a human being, no, no. Oh, yeah, it's a. Well, even though they show you that there's no bullets in there, it's uh, it's still kind of terrifying. Interesting. Like the, well, the first take, I was like, Ugh! like I, I don't think I acted r- properly, just because. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's scary. Guns are scary. Guns are scary. Knives are scary too. I'm a little afraid of knives. Knives are a little terrifying. Yeah, yeah. but uh, 
it, somewhere in the back of my mind, I feel that I could disarm somebody with a knife. Yeah, but I feel like it's like you can like I, I'd more likely knock a gun out of someone's hand and it'd be okay. But like the second you like go for a knife, you're like, oh, yeah, your hand goes right through the knife. Your fingers like, off. Oh my god! Just the thought about it. it it's it, weird, right? Yeah, to like try. I think a chainsaw is that's the one that scares me the most. My dad cut himself with a chainsaw once. Same with my dad. Come on, the same dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad cut, is cutting wood in our front yard because we had a fireplace growing up. Mm-hmm. Cuts his finger. Okay. Bleeding like crazy. Gets yeah. into the, his car. Classic chainsaw yeah. accident. Yeah, bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging his hand out the window, right? Keeping it elevated. Driving. A woman in a car next to him sees his hand is cut and wrapped. Mm-hmm. Throws him like ibuprofen from her car. What? Like, like as you guys are moving? No, no. Like at a stoplight. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not in the car. I'm not in yeah. the car. This is the story I'm told. So she like throws him in like her Advil or whatever. He's like, you, you take these. You clearly need it. Like he didn't even ask for them, but his like window is open and like Advil and like blood flies is in down his yeah. arm. Right. Yeah, yeah. He goes to the hospital, gets stitched up, comes back, finishes cutting the rest of the wood. See, you had a good father. <laughs> you had a very good father. <laughs> he knew there was a chore that needed to be done. <laughs> And he did that for chores. Yeah. Yeah, imagine how uh, much work he put in to raise you guys. Oh, man. Probably put more work into cutting wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> God, he loved cutting that wood. <laughs> he spent more time with that wood than he did with me. Your dad cut himself with a chainsaw. Yeah, he worked uh, uh, with hydro. So he's up north a lot uh, surveying for power lines. And so they'd have to clear brush. And he was using the chainsaw to remove some trees. And uh, he did a stupid move where he's cutting above his head. And the tree came, like the branch came back at Ooh, him. Pushed and so it. then he, yeah, he pushed the chainsaw and it hit his, it is forearm and cut his forearm and a little bit of bone. But, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. He was, uh, he was okay. Okay. He was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then he they, went to the hospital, got it stitched up, came yeah, back, got a stitch up, cut f- the and finished of it. any, uh, and there's power lines up north now because of my <laughs> father. He's a hero. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You and, close with your family? Uh, I think getting older I am. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, you, you, you know, you're always close, kind of in proximity to your family. But I think, uh, now I'm thinking, thinking more about them. You know Good. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You seem just like a nice guy, Garrett. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I'm an evil. I'm no, an you're evil not. Guy. I know. I'm it's hilarious. You're, you're, you're I'm such a hate-filled person. But you're not. Like, I mean, you, you see your act. You see your, your career. Like, you can just tell when someone's like on for the, the sake of being on. And some people who are just genuinely funny and nice. Which is why I'm really fortunate that you're here today. I like talking. Like, I feel like I'm talking to a friend. Can I say that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that. So, Ron James Show, season four, episode 12. I, I got it I, for I, you. I don't even know I that. Know you yeah. don't even know. It's, it's, I think the episode's about science. I think the episode's like science. Oh, yeah, it was an HG. Yeah, I know it was an HG Wells sketch. It was right. about the time machine. Yeah. Well, the sketch was a part of the science episode, and you look like... I mean, you look like you're in your natural state of hippiedom, to be honest. I haven't actually seen it. You've never seen it? It's online. Everybody go to the Ron James show on CBC website. You can watch it. Yeah, go see it. I'll go see it. Guys, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hold a party where we're going to watch this episode together. <laughs> you're, you you don't have a beard. You're a hippie. You have this like New York, like modern hippie vest and like a toucan or something like yeah, that. Because it was like a, uh, uh, it, was, it was a mock uh, G20 protest or something uh, like that. It was when that Occupy Wall Street thing was right. going on that's right. so this is going back a little little bit what was it like being on set did you have a chance to interact with ron oh i got a uh, yeah i got to hang out with uh, ron he uh, at that time i smoked cigarettes he didn't like cigarette smoke <laughs> so i had to smoke really far away and uh i got my own trailer 
which was cool. Your that, own trailer, like yeah, you or by say segment segment of a trailer. So there's like they split them into right. yeah, yeah. But it, that was the first time that had ever happened, which I, was definitely a memorable moment. Cool. So like you show up. Normally you show up on set and you're really tired, and then you kind of have to like force yourself to be awake there. Show up on set. They didn't need me till like noon, so I slept all morning and watched in the TV trailer. in the trailer. It was the greatest. Were you approached as a comedian or like a, was this an acting role that your agent got you? Yeah, this was just like an, I went to an audition, classic audition. Uh, so you, oh, yeah, oh, you, 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 just go, you. you just show up to these things and if they like you, they like you. If they don't, then uh, off you go. On to the next one. Yeah, off to the next one. And uh, you, you wonder why you never got anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough. I can't imagine what it's like auditioning and never knowing that's the worst is never knowing if they told you no right away. You'd be yeah. like, fine. Thank you. Thank you for the time. Like, then I know. Oh God. Get out of here. Then I'd be like, this is, I, I don't mind it. But yeah, the wait, the waiting and not knowing is the hardest part about that acting side of things. I think. Are you pursuing acting roles? Ideally, I would like to be on something like, um, Star Trek. Cool. Right. Right. And, uh, the only reason is because it has a, like, it'd be a fun career to have. Like you're on, you know, you you work regularly, even as like an kind of like an extra character, like an alien species that shows up once in a while. <laughs> here uh, I am. Again. Here I am again. Hello. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like I'm just like a parking attendant in space or something like that. I'd like show up and like they just hate my character. But then you get to go to like comic cons and stuff like right. that. Right. And that kind of that kind of stuff I would really enjoy because you get to once again meet people and. You can tag along and put a comedy show on at the same time. It's like the alien who's the parking attendant is here doing a comedy show. Right? Yeah. <laughs> see him at booth number. Yeah, see, yeah, see him at booth eight. Uh, yeah, right? Are you a sci-fi guy? Fantasy sci-fi. Like I'm not, I don't know fat, facts and stats about things a lot of times, but I am a fan of that reality. Cool. Uh, yeah. Just anything to get you closer to a uh, comic con. Yeah. I, well, I don't like superheroes. Can I oh. say that? Yeah. I, I mean, superheroes I, you super did. villains even. I, yeah. I don't like those things. <laughs> Whatever they are. I, I like when it's uh, based in some kind of... I know that sounds ridiculous because I, I said I enjoy fantasy in that, but uh, if the whole world is a fake world, I can get behind it. But uh, superheroes, for some reason, since it's on planet Earth... It's just not believable enough. Yeah, I don't know why. It, it sounds, sounds so stupid, but uh, I just don't believe it. Unless they're like a superhero like uh, Batman. I do enjoy Batman's world. A little bit more realistic. Realistic, but then again, Superman, like the idea that, did you know the S on his chest isn't an S? Oh, it's like the symbol from his country or something? Or his planet, rather? What a coincidence that Superman that starts with an S has an S on his chest. And they're like, oh, it's a... The town he grew up in, in the alien <laughs> yeah, right? planet. I got yelled at that. For, someone yelled at me because I was like, oh, the Superman, does that, it was like, you know, he's got an S on his chest. They're like, that's actually his family crest. I'm like... Okay. I am <laughs> Somebody so was sorry. thinking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not a Marvel guy. I'm not a DC. Like, I'm not a super. Like, I don't go out of my way to see anything new that's in the Marvel world. Yeah. But because I hope. Guardians of the Galaxy, though, was. Very good. Because it, it was set in space. Like, it was like a, a fantasy there world. There you go. So world, now we're right? getting more so, into yeah. your interests. Yeah, yeah. So that, 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 those superheroes, uh, I really enjoyed. Ever since I started producing a comic book interview podcast mm -hmm. also on the network called speech bubble it's with a writer uh and journalist named aaron broverman okay he's amazing like he he's just such a wealth of knowledge and i meet all these interesting people and i learn about the industry which actually gives me an appreciation for the comics yeah. and the, the superheroes he actually uh just had ben minor 
interviewed because Ben Miner's a, a super yeah. comic book guy and they had a great chat and that's going to be releasing pretty soon. And I like the ideas, the idea of comics talking about comic books mm. and I'd love for you to come on and talk to Aaron about your disdain. How much I hate them. Yeah. yeah. And like him to like debunk you or something. Oh, he would definitely find holes in my story. Cause it's not like I sit there at night being like, oh, I hate comic books. I've got to take them down. But, but I, I, yeah. I do enjoy the idea of comic books. I do like people who have a, a passion or a love for something. I'm I'm not going to take that away from no, them. No, but you seem like a very pop culture guy. Like you enjoy things that are popular. Yeah, it, it, the the off the beaten path of popular, right? Because there, there's still the the punk side of me where I'm like, yeah, I'm against the system. So <laughs> but are, really, I'm, are you though? I, no, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm against the system. I'm going to work in the system. Like I would say, like Les Claypool is like, and Primus is like a perfect off the beaten path popular yeah, band. Like they're loved by a large group of people, but not the main group of people. Yeah, yeah. they're the type of people that when they cheer, Primus sucks. Yo, that's the best. That's is, the uh, best. When people cheer, Primus sucks. And I used to work at the Sound Academy a while ago, and uh, when they showed up there. And all the bartenders, they're like, why are they, why would they pay all this money to just hear them? Why are they saying they suck? They haven't even performed yet. Oh, that's so good. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's something you'll never understand. Right. <laughs> yeah. And for those who don't know, um, Primus fans, they're famous for chanting Primus sucks. Their website for the longest time was PrimusSucks.com. Amazing. And they switched it to PrimusVille.com. Weird. Right. Why, but if you type it in so? Primus sucks, it'll take you to PrimusVille oh, still. So they still own it. Yeah. I think because it, it might have been. Uh, hindering their their career. That's why I changed my name from GJ Party Drugs to GJ Party Hugs. Just so you know, Garrett on Instagram is not GJ Party hu- uh, Drugs anymore. It's GJ yeah. Party Hugs. So for all of, all y'all who follow me or don't, uh, yeah, it's Hugs now. Is that your, Hugs not drugs? Hugs not drugs. Is that your um, like your main social media interaction? Is that where the people can? Probably Instagram you? is the yeah. most. Yeah, yeah. I, I use that. Twitter is just, I have it. Yeah, um, I feel like that's, where's Twitter going? And because like the reward, like anyone goes on to social media for the reward. Like, I, I don't care who you, like if, if you go on, you just want, you want to be liked. Instant satisfaction. Yeah. Some, whether even, even if they had robots that liked your stuff, you'd be like, cool. Right. Like you just get that feeling that you're like, oh, that people are. Or it's doing something or it's going out to somebody. So, yeah, Twitter, I found, was it just didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I just yeah, don't care to just talk randomly into nothing. That's tough. Or right now, we're t- are we talking randomly into nothing? Kind of. a microphone, right? I mean, yeah. especially yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're just, yeah, we're just recording this. Hopefully, it gets something, right? But, but yeah. we're, we're going to promote. This is, oh, yeah, uh, no, you know, yeah, yeah. we got to promote your, your show on October 16th at the Great Hall. Oh, yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, October 16th, the Great Hall, come to an art show and a comedy music type And magic thing. show with Todd Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Todd Graham's not doing magic, but he's doing no. comedy. Nick Reynoldson is going to do some mm-hmm. card tricks. He'll find your card. Yeah. Yeah. Will, will Nick be like at the bar? Uh, yeah. I want him to walk around yeah, as walk well. Around. Like he can do his, his little uh, bit on his uh, on the stage. But yeah, definitely walk around, Nick. Nick, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to tell you in person. You have to walk around and show people magic tricks. We'll make sure he listens to this, uh, just so you can indirectly say things to him. <laughs> uh, you met Ron James. What's it like working with him? I know, like you loosely, you yeah, know, we, were a co-star. We, uh, yeah, like uh, working with him. He, he, well, he's a quiet guy, right? Like okay. he's got his own show. Um, so I'm just a, uh, a 
a cog. Can I say a cog sure. in the wheel? Is that a thing? In the Ron James wheel? In the Ron, J- Ron James wheel. Um, yeah, a lot of people, um, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a nice individual. He talked to me. He said, uh, you know, basically keep doing what you're doing. He'll be fine. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> like, he doesn't eat it. I didn't really like have like a big sit down with him, but he, sure. we did have him. Uh, like a, at least a 15 minute conversation. Oh, great. Yeah. So, and you shared a cigarette from, I, sh- I shared a cigarette, but then, yards away. but then he, yeah, the, the first one he was fine with, but the second time that I was smoking near him, he was like, can, can you like that? But he didn't tell me, he kind of like kind of walked to the craft table and then someone is like, can you move over there, please? Wow. Can you please leave the area? And I'm like, yes, I'll move. So that uh, so don't smoke around Ron James is what I basically learned. That's what you learned about comedy. Mm-hmm. Don't don't smoke around Ron James. Uh, if I can give you one lesson about comedy is don't smoke around Ron James. <laughs> that's uh, that's about it. He's basically, I think it was Ben Miner, somebody who explained to me that he was the he's like the originator of the Louis C.K. model, where he literally has been putting on. Oh yeah, but in Canada you have to have that Louis C.K. style uh, attitude. Yeah. Yeah, Canada really doesn't... They have shows and stuff, but uh, you kind of have to do everything yourself, and then they see you doing well, and then they're like, oh, now we'll back it. Exactly. Right? It's it's uh, it's it's just the system the way it is here, right? And ultimately, that's what he's telling you. Ron mm-hmm. James says, like, just keep doing you, mm-hmm. and people will recognize good material. Yeah, and that's... Uh, yeah, like, so... Ron James is uh, great in that aspect, right? And then he's like, don't smoke near me. Yeah, just get get the hell away from me. I gave you my advice. Now get get away. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, you just got this right up in Exclaim. Oh, yeah, Alongside yeah. Sandra Badalini mm-hmm. and Sarah Hennessy. Yeah, that's another show. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow, uh, but it's every but it, first Thursday of every month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. showcase it's by a showcase, uh, uh, Comedy Records. And Exclaim. And, and, Exclaim. Steam, and Steam Whistle. And Steam Whistle. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get that beer you, sponsorship. Yeah, you gotta get that beer sponsorship. Otherwise, uh, people won't laugh at your jokes. Sandra and Sarah are my two absolute favorite. Yeah, they're the best. I mean, I hate to segregate them as female comedians in this industry, but it's a tough, especially in Toronto, to stick out mm-hmm. as anybody, let alone a woman. And yeah. Sandra and Sarah are by far. Sandra has had crop. me crying, laughing. Like, one, I like, you know, when you watch stand, like for me watching stand up, I'm like, oh, that's funny. Ah, that's kind of funny. And then they'll get, there's people who get you laughing, but Badglini has had me laughing where I'm like crying. So yeah, she's uh she's so, so funny. So I funny. Really, yeah. I really enjoy her. Sarah is one of the first people that I ever met in the city. Um, and I don't think she even knows that it, that, that was the case. It was when I was auditioning for Humber and I'm like, oh, this, this person's definitely a comedian. Just like the way she talks. I feel like she invented... Almost the f- female com- comedy style in Toronto. I feel like a lot of comedians no, and lend... they a lot of them emulate her for yeah. sure. Yeah, which is her and then Dylan Gott. Dylan Gott. A lot of comics emulated him as well. So like it's like they're like two sort of pioneer not pioneers, but like yeah, originators of style for sure in the city. And uh, yeah, she's uh, she's she's wonderful. She's a she's a good friend of uh, a common friend of ours, uh, Nancy Pube. Her name's Pube. Um, yeah, and so I, I get to see Sarah quite a. Quite often when Nancy comes to town, yeah, yeah. You tell her that I'm a big fan. I will. I please, will. Yeah, yeah. please. Uh, I'll tell her to come on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, she would. She would. I'm, I don't know. I, I won't say. Yes, you know what? <laughs> I'm looking in the books right now. She's gonna be on the show for sure. Oh uh, no! But I, yeah, she would. She would. Uh, I, I, I assume, Sarah, if you're listening. Uh, well, I appreciate that, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I once saw her, Chris Locke, uh, and Pat Thornton do the garage show 
mm-hmm. one of Dan Gallia's yeah, yeah. and Helderbrum's. That's a great space, by the way. Oh, it's one of the best. If you yeah. don't know about it, it's it's so it's almost like secretive. It's too good. The room was perfect, especially for Chris and Pat and then Sarah all in one night. It was just way too, every, the, you know, that perfect amount of pot smoke in the air. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was just on the same vibe. Like Chris went up and didn't even say anything. And everyone was just like laughing at his like mannerisms, his facial expressions. It was unbelievable. He uh, He's definitely another person who's a comic genius. All, all oh, yeah. three of those people on that show that you just mentioned. Are... Absolutely. Pat, Sarah, Chris, no question. Yeah, they, they need to have a comedy they're, baby. They're, yeah, their element is definitely on on stage for sure for sure and yeah. I, and they're genuinely good people like again remember we talk, i was talking to you about how you're a good person like you 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 see these people and you get that good vibe whether they're on stage or being interviewed or, or just you know randomly on the street when you meet them and i think that is a toronto trait i don't think you could go to la basically and go to anybody that's like i went to well, go ahead that's because in toronto um you can't get anything from anybody. Do you know what I mean? Like I, like I said, you have to do it all yourself in a way. Right. So like if anyone's coming up to you, you're like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're not they're not trying to use me for anything. <laughs> because right. what are they going to get? They're not going to get anything. So, yeah. So uh, where's L.A. if you're somebody, they're like, oh, here's a script. Here's my script. Right. So they're kind of like cautious. I think of that side of. And it's funny because like I'm a, I'm a schmoozer. I want to get people on the show. I want to get people aware of the network. So sometimes I meet somebody and I want to, you know, hey, I got this opportunity to talk to comedians and, and artists. And some people are like, listen, I get what you're trying to do. Yeah. But I'm not interested solely for the reason that you're trying to schmooze me. Yeah, please don't schmooze And I'm just me. like, I get it. Like, I got to pick my it, battles. It's the same when comics are running jokes by you. You're like, I, okay, I get it. Like, you, you could have opened with, like, do you mind if I run a joke by you? Right. Whereas, like, hey, quit trying to put it into conversation right here man but i sometimes i feel with with laughter you get comfortable too quickly like if you make someone laugh you you instantly get this connection like oh this person likes me or this person they love me yeah they right really so love i can me. ask questions or i can like get a little bit more personal right away mm. and then some people are like nope just <laughs> because i laughed at your joke yeah no, it's not gonna happen we're not right? friends yeah. Yeah. listen man no all right <laughs> i'm gonna stonewall you for the rest of this interview so has anyone stonewalled you in an interview? Yeah. I've been very fortunate. I like to think that my guests are quality, not quantity. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been very, you hear that very quality lucky. people. Yeah. I'd be quantity people. <laughs> <laughs> also, do you hear that quality people? So I'm very, and, and you were right up there. So thank oh, you that. so much for coming onto the show. I'm sweating so much right I now. It's, <laughs> it's, a hot, it's, it's I, October. I opened the window yeah. to, to give you a view. It's a lovely view. Like, but it's, and the sun's just bright. beaming in on us. Yeah, I'm, so I'm going to turn the fan on. Oh, nice. You should have like, is there, are there such thing as quiet fans or no? No, that's oh, the only problem. Damn it, God. You know. You know, uh, Dyson, if you're listening, if you can make a quiet fan. That I bet would be they do have a quiet Like a podcast fan. fan? Like a pod fan. You should have a pod fan. Like, you should invent a pod fan. I know, but it's October. Like, give me some warm weather already. I'm cold weather yeah, give, already. Give me cold weather. I yeah. need warm weather. Whatever. <laughs> you know, October, just do what you do. I love you, babe. Love you. You can catch Garrett Jameson. October, October 16th. 16th. October 16th. At the Great Hall. At the Great Hall. 9 p.m. is the comedy show, but uh, come on through at like 3 p.m. Uh, to check out the paintings. It's okay. going to be more like an art gallery type thing. Uh, I'll be setting up for the comedy show that night. But yeah, come by, have a drink, and check it out if you can't make it in the evening. Uh, we're going to cover it. We're going to bring Phil Lutzi, Oh. Who's doing live coverage for Never Sleeps Network. 
I, gonna, Phil is also him and Sandra together. together like, nothing's they, funnier. They are a great comedy duo. We're going to bring Phil. Mm-hmm. We're going to do live coverage. So we're going to be there. Okay. We're going to cover your event. It's 1087, 1087 Queen Street West. That's the Great Tr- Hall. Toronto's The Great Hall for the Art Comedy and Magic Show featuring Todd Graham, Nick Reynolds, Garrett Jameson. Nick Reynolds. Nick Reynolds. You know, you see, it you know, just says Reynolds? It just says Reynolds on your card yeah, here. Yeah, take that. Well, I don't know. Okay, this <laughs> is, I'm going to read it and then yeah. you're going to fix it and then as I'll I fix say it. Okay? Okay? Yeah, okay. This is funny, actually, because <laughs> I didn't even read these. I, they, they, I didn't make the posters. I'm just like, yeah, this is probably good. Okay. Art show, 2 p.m. start. Comedy show, 9 p.m. start. Mm-hmm. Drinks will be available, it says. Yeah, they will be available. Do you hear that? Art by Garrett Jameson. Charlotte Mars. Yeah, yeah. Performances by, and this is what it says, Todd Graham. <laughs> Nick Reynolds, R-Y-N-N-O-L-D-S. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, not his name. Yeah, it's Nick <laughs> Reynoldson, yeah. <laughs> it just says Keys. Yeah, that's a, there's a guy named Keys. Really? Yeah, there's a, just a guy named Keys. He's on there. Garrett Jameson. Yeah. With Spartacus, Spartacus. But yeah, it's, it's Spartacus. <laughs> the uh, end, you'll notice the date isn't even on there, so we had to write it in. <laughs> so, the thing about, uh, the, the good thing about this is, uh, it's a show. <laughs> it's a show. They Logically, I can't do anything, like, in a logical sense, but... Uh, artistic way i I think uh i I can i can pull something off it's hosted by jimmy hogg and it says and more doesn't say the date but it says and more More, right that's why we had to add the date in there (laughs) that's the the more (laughs) yeah are either of these images on your ad Uh, yours the, the right one uh the robert johnson with the goat head is mine really yeah i can that's mine you painted that i painted that with black and white paints is there a website or is it just on Facebook? Uh, it's just on Facebook. So if you just type in art, comedy, and magic show, it'll come up. Also, Facebook doesn't allow you to invite many more people as they or as many people as they used to. Really? Yeah. You can only invite like 500. I'll invite some people. You know, and this is one, this is the show that I was like, you know what, I'm going to invite uh, everyone because I, I rarely invite people to things because right. I don't want to pester them for every show. So I just will make a post. But this was one where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pester people. And you can also check out Garrett's hilarious Instagram page, JG Party GGJ. What did I say? JG. Oh my god! I know it's you know it's too tough. I need marketing once again. If there's a PR person yeah, out there, it's clearly not a me. Manager, I need help. What uh, what kind of names have you been called before with a name like Garrett Jameson? Like, like how do pe- people mess it up? Oh, uh, I've been called. Okay, so on one tour with Ken Mode, every place we hit, n- only two places spelt my name. Right. They're either missing an R or a T or spelling Jameson with a, uh, an E rather than an IE and then uh, or an I instead of an E. And then I've also got uh, um, Jamie Garrison. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. So the, Gary uh, Jamson, right? Like they're, they're, people just don't know my name. That's why also having God of Comedy as a website is a lot easier to tell people. Because if I said, oh, go to my website, Garrett Jameson, they'd be like, they'd never find me, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like, they always assume that it's like the whiskey or like Jenna Jameson, right? Yeah. So it's it's like the vitamins, right? Yeah. And, uh, but... Uh, yeah, so they, they screwed up. I, I've been to restaurants where, you know, you have to give your name for a sandwich, let's say, right? <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, what's your name? And I'm like, uh, Garrett. And they're like, okay. So then uh, <laughs> I got at with this Bommy Boys place, the Bommy Boys. They're like, uh, Karen, Karen, 
<laughs> right? And I'm like, I think they're talking about me because the guy ahead of me just went up. So I'm like, uh, hi. And they're like, you're not a Karen. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why you would think that I was Karen. Uh, it's Garrett. Um, but yeah, I, I also don't speak loudly out in public for some reason. I don't know why. I just have a softer voice. Because you're a kind soul, Garrett Jameson. I'm repressed. I'm a repressed. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I am. Well, I you know. can see the Garrett Jameson repressed or not. On October 16th at the Great Hall. We're going to plug this. We're going to be there. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. And uh, sorry for dripping all over your uh, seat. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Never sleepers. Sleep tight. Sleep tight night. 